What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 21 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Stephen. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, as always. I'm very, yeah. very happy to be here. And do you know what? Isn't it fitting that we're going to be talking about all of 2021's best games in episode 21? Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's great. I love that, actually. Yeah. You know, to think we almost did it on episode 20 would have been a total, total uh, mistake. Disaster. Yeah. So, uh, something that, you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is on this episode, right? Steve has been, you know, shouting from the rooftops for as long as I've known him that he feels that game of the year happens too early, right? People are all, everyone's rushing to name game of the year in December. A, cuts out a bunch of games that come out in December. And B, you know, if you're like us, you need some time to catch up and play some of those games. Maybe you got a new console for Christmas that you're eager to Maybe. get, you know, get some get some hands on sticks. Uh, so you, know, you need a little bit of that extra time. <clears throat> so we decided our game of the year will be the first episode of every year. So we're, we're here to talk game of the year. Uh, we'll we'll probably, you know, um, we might have a little bit of, uh, of leftover conversation with this over on um, <clears throat> Nintendo Noise, but you know we pretty much did that on the last episode of that of of last year. So you know this is this is the proper game of the year main event here. So uh, get ready because I I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. This is the toughest time I've had naming a game of the year in in a long time, maybe ever. I feel like I, there are years I could go back and look on. And I can definitively say I picked the wrong game. You know, um, that's I fine. I think you did that. Was that last year or the year before? You no, thought you picked the wrong one. Last year I picked. Last uh, year was Ghost, and I, I stand cool. by that. That game is amazing. I love Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. It might not have been the best game of the year, but it was my game of the year, and that's what's important. Yeah, right. That's what this is all about. It's our list. Exactly. So, so with this, right, this being the first ever flip screen uh, game of the year, we're gonna establish. Kind of the rules as we go. Uh, feel free, <laughs> like our bets, to give your feedback. If you think you have any thoughts on how we could do it better next year, we're all ears. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, Price is Right rules are out the window from now on. That's not happening. Yeah, but so, you know we haven't made the Warrior Sobe. Our new, our you know next week will probably be our new predictions episode. So we'll be making new rules for all that and everything. So uh, again, if you want to weigh in on on how we did this uh, for next year, feel free. But. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty excited to go through this list because I I feel like I'm very solid on what my top 10 are. A lot of the placement on any given day I could see going in different directions. I'm very excited to see what your list turned out like. I think it's going to be an interesting one because extremely different to yours, yeah. I think this was a really really strong year year for video games, but I also think that it was a very like what's what's there weren't a lot of standout games in the way that I think there often are right or like last year you know I think there was a few games where it was like very easy to say like these were the games that dominated the conversation this year where I feel like this year there were a lot of 
you know, a little bit smaller profile games, which makes it like, I, I feel like it was a fucking bloodbath, frankly. Um, because if you're the right kind of gamer, it was a huge year um, for, for a lot of different genres. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to jump into this. Uh, but before we do that, let me just remind you that this episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of January for the very first time. Let me thank you to Andy Radford, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Smoky Shake, Wakahula, and Zaid Ida. Y'all are the real of the real, and we appreciate your support over on patreon.com slash games. Thank you so much, and uh, happy new year to all of you. Uh, let's uh, just get into some of these plugs before we get in, because this is this episode is all game of the year, right? Like it's it's all the main event. We're not gonna get into any of these other side segments we usually do. So I'm just gonna give you these plugs, and then we're off to the fucking <laughs> races here. All right. So uh, if you want to go show your support over on the Patreon, um, the I would say probably the best perk that you will get access to is our weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, One More Thing, where this week Steve and I talked about our experiences over the holidays, our birthdays, both of which happened over the break, uh, New Year's, as well as some uh, some updates in, in my personal life. Um, so, and kind of how they relate to the show and everything. So, uh, if you want to go get that episode, it was a good one. Um, our first show back of the year, we literally just recorded it. So, uh, go, go check that one out. Um, as well as a bunch of other goodies that you can get your hands on. Like you can get access to the archive of our Twitch channel. Uh, every, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we're over there, twitch.tv slash flip screen games. And all of the archives go up on the YouTube channel for patrons at the blue coin, blue coin level or above. Um, it's going to be interesting because we kind of had a very steady schedule the last couple months, but Steve just ended Shenmue. You'll be starting a new game pretty soon that patrons will be getting to vote on as well. So that's another one of those perks you can go grab. Uh, so go check that out. Steve will be back with a... Will it be this Wednesday or are you going to be... It'll be next Wednesday. I'll be back. So I'll be putting the poll up this week. Keep an eye out for it. I'm taking this Wednesday off just to... Because I'm still off work. So yeah. I'm... I'm continuing through some other games, and then next week I'll be back with uh, a new stream. So, you know, <clears throat> you've got a whole week to go and um, back us over on Patreon if you want to weigh in on what game Steve should tackle on Wednesdays next. And then, of course, uh, every Thursday we have our group streams where Steve and I and sometimes Chewy, sometimes other you know friends in the, in the space, sometimes members of the community get together and play some multiplayer games. We still have our Mario Party tiebreaker to figure out. So I don't know if maybe we'll do that this week. Um, let us know. We'll throw up a poll for what we want to do for the first stream back of the year. Um, but get ready. Get excited for it. I certainly am. Uh, so go tune in over there on twitch.tv slash games or grab that archive over on the Patreon. Uh, and then if you want to be part of the show, there are a bunch of ways that you can do that. You can write us a question at questions at flipscreen.games, uh, or you can get in touch with us in a bunch of ways you can find over on our website, flipscreen.games, where we have that email address. We have a link to our Discord, which is probably the best way to keep the conversation rolling after the show ends. We put a thread up every week to get new questions. We put a thread up every week to talk about the episode after the fact. Um, so that's the best way to come chat with us, chat with other members of the community. Uh, the Discord is is you know a safe inclusive place for you to come and talk games uh, no matter who you are and no matter what you play so come and hang out with us come be a part of what we're building here um, we'd love to have you 
So, that's enough shilling for now. Let's jump in to the game of the year conversation, Steve. It feels like it's been a year in the making, you know? Crazy. Crazy to be back here. Um, So, as you've set up the document, uh, we've got our top ten. We have a space for honorable mentions. And... I, I guess, do we want to do honorable mentions first? Do we no, want less? Because I want, because I think there's some in my list that are spoilers. You'll be surprised on, on the. Okay. Main list. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay. Um, so the only other thing that I have, um, I made a full list. I have 22 games I, uh, I played this year, I completed most of them. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six of my 22 that I didn't complete. Um, two of which I am still planning to complete. I'm like working on them as we speak. Um, it's actually a little bit higher, uh, but we can get into that about why that number is or isn't higher later. Um, but I also made a list of the games that I missed if we have time and we want to talk about that later. So, okay, interesting. Um, and I was thinking maybe we'd pick like a short list of those games of like, oh, these are the games I I missed that I most want to get to. I can't even think of games. Uh, I guess there's two. Like, I can think of two that we can we could probably start with if you want. Game Informer has a list of all the games that came out this year. That's what I did to prep for this. I went minor, t- like, minor tiny games. They're not they're not on those. You know, minor little indie. Any titles that uh, aren't on those big lists? They're still probably on that list. I got there's all kinds of random ass indie games on my list. <laughs> oh, it's comprehensive. That's good. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good one. Um, any game that got any level of of major press attention is is on it. Um, all right, so I mean, I guess I'll go first. So for me, number ten is a game that if you listen to Nintendo Noise, you probably heard me talk about ad nauseum. Uh, it is Pokemon oh. Unite. Okay. And, so. You know, I, I completely forgot that that game came out this year, and I didn't expect, I guess I didn't expect it to be anywhere near your list, but that makes a lot of sense considering the amount of time you put into it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, Pokemon Unite is not without its flaws. Um, it's definitely not the best MOBA I've ever played. Um, shout out to League of Legends. But I I really, really got into the game in a big way. You know, I, I put a lot of hours into it. It's one of the games I probably spent the most time with this year, especially, you know, around release. Um, it dominated my time with the Switch for a long time. I completed uh, the Season 1 Battle Pass, um, which is something I don't usually do. <laughs> um, and... You know, I I was into it. Like I was actively climbing the ranked ladder um, until I I think I topped out it. What was it? It was I forget the order. I think it's Great Ultra Master, maybe. And I it's like you're asking me. Like I played like two minutes of that game. I'm saying it to myself, like because somebody out there <laughs> is, remembers and is screaming at me. But I yeah, I, someone comment uh, comment in on YouTube or just write us a message if you you know the order. But I remember um, I had been stuck in great in like Elo Hell for a while because I kept getting matched with bad teams, and I'd you know get up and I'm about to get over, and then I'd I'd fall down. Um, and I went and I got through. Oh, great. I remember because you said it's like the Splatoon thing where 
you have to get like three or four in a row and if you don't otherwise it like knocks you back down you have like an exp bar and if you lose enough Mm. games you lose and yeah it's it's like that um but so but if you win games you get a multiplier as well so i got through great and i remember i was on like a 10 or something like close to 10 uh winning streak the night I got through it and I got all the way through the next one and like two levels up into the next one. So like, I guess I'm in master or whatever. That's where I ended that season. I, I, at this point I'm unranked, but I was, I was really into it and I was like actively trying to get better and, and take the time to, you know, um, work on my game and, and, you know, connect with other friends who were playing that were good. Um, so we'd have a better chance of, of ranking up together, you know, going into queue. Um, so yeah, I, I just had such a good time with it, and this, I think, is the first, I don't think I played League of Legends this year, and that's the first time that that's happened since League of Legends came into my purview, which was in Season 2. So I've been playing that game since 2010, so that, that or 11, I guess, I don't know. Um, but it's like a decade of me playing that game for a few months, at least, every year, and Pokemon Unite took that spot this year. Uh, and I think part of that is, you know, the novelty of it being Pokemon and it being on the Switch and it being a really easy game for me to play, like, in bed and, and just hanging out or whatever. But I think the reason that it stuck with me the way that it did in in a way that other MOBAs, you know, um, outside of League of Legends haven't historically is because of the ways that it had a lot of really smart, clever innovations on the formula of the MOBA. Like having mm-hmm. the um, the kind of sports-inspired flow to the games where there's a time clock and it's about scoring points more than getting kills. And, you know, like it was very objective-focused. And the fact that because there's a time limit, you know, uh, games never ran long, right? Like, that was a big problem in League of Legends where it would be like, okay, I want to play a a couple games with my friends, right? Is it going to be a game that ends at 10 minutes because the other team surrenders? Is it going to be a game that ends in 20 minutes because we kicked our ass? Is it going to be a game that ends in 45 minutes or an hour and a half? Yeah, I could not commit to that an hour and a half game. And that's the thing is you never know, right? And you might want to sit down and play a couple games of League and you get two in because they they go super long, right? Um, all of those little changes were things that I I found to be really welcome, uh, you know, innovations to the MOBA formula. And while you know the game is still growing and like you know like needs new boards and more characters and better balance and there are all these things that you know it can do better and um, and learn from. Uh, I. I really, really have enjoyed my time with it. I thought it had a really strong first year, and it's a game that I've I've fallen off of in a big way. But you know, I think similar to League of Legends, uh, there's going to be that time where it fits in, and you know, I get back, and there's all these new characters and all this new content for me to enjoy because they've been steadily updating things. Um, so yeah, I I really loved my time with Pokemon Unite. If I never touch it again, it's a game I'll look back on really fondly, and you know, if not, it's a multiplayer game that will continue to grow with me and that I'll continue to, to enjoy um, for mm-hmm. years to come, you know? So either way, it's very deserving of a spot on, on this list for me, um, even if, you know, it's a game with a lot of problems um, in, in its own ways. I, I really, really appreciate it for what it is and 
also what I think it can be. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you. I'm glad it really resonated with you. I know you had reservations when you first first saw the announcement, and it looks like um, it was able to overcome those concerns. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't think I would like it, you know. And mm-hmm. here it is, top ten game of number the year. Number ten, yeah. Respect. So, my my number ten is is uh, a game called Overboard. I don't know if you remember that Pete. i do um yeah. but for people that people that don't or don't know what it is or didn't didn't hear us talk about it before it's this oh, really interesting i didn't put that on my list of games i played this year shit um, well that's on there that, okay. you definitely played it look at that um up to 27 this, re- <laughs> <laughs> this really interesting like murder mystery inverse game where you have killed your husband and you're trying to get away with it and you have to figure out the way to get away with it. And there's multiple ways to do it. And there's multiple win conditions. And you have to, you're on this this cruise ship and you have to try and find the, the right way and the right series of events to do it. And there's no way you can do it in one run. It's, it's sort of like that time loop style thing that is similar to that 12 minutes, but actually executed really well with a really good script um, where you, you, realize oh i need to be on this place at this time in order to see this thing or pick up this item and then i know that this person's in this place at this time so i need to go there and every action that you do moves the time along a little bit more and ultimately you have to complete it by a certain time when the ship docks into new york city i had such a good time with this the script is fantastic the voice acting like all of the um uh, acting in the game is is phenomenal i thought it was really funny um and just a very very interesting take on like the the genre the fact i've not played a game where it's like try and get away with murder before and i i loved it i thought it was i thought it was great the art style's great you can play this on mobile you can play it on switch you can play on pc i don't know if it's on the other consoles um but if you haven't checked it out it i would is. no i think i thought it was a switch exclusive as well but i'm not i'm not sure about that um I, re- I recommend everyone check this out if you're in, if you're looking for something a small little game i think the best way to play this each playthrough is about 30 minutes at a time play one or two playthroughs a day and then come back and the challenge is like trying to remember what to do like think of it like you're watching an episode of a tv show and i think if you play it that way you'll have a really really good time with it i i really really enjoyed it which is why it made my top 10 and i struggled with this top with this 10 it was a very, very hard pick between this and another game, which we'll get to in the honorable mentions. I figured this one would make your list. I know you liked it a lot at release, and it was one that I felt like you kept coming back to, like when you would talk about games you had enjoyed. So yeah, it was it was really good, and like I, I think for me, twelve minutes was such a was probably my biggest disappointment of the year. I was so excited for that game. I loved the concept. I thought the trailers looked awesome, but that story sucked. It was really, really badly written, and the ending is horrendous on that game. I don't think the voice acting, despite the the level of talent they've got, I don't think the voice acting there is as good as as other games. I think I think Overboard does pretty much everything that game does better. And if you're looking for that style of time time loop, uh, solving a mystery, solving a puzzle, doing all of that stuff. Play Overboard instead. If you like 12 Minutes, you will definitely like Overboard. And if you didn't like 12 Minutes, but you like that style of game, Overboard might 
Mike uh, Mike do it for you. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll briefly share my thoughts on it um, since I also played it. Uh, it didn't make my cut, obviously. Um, considering I forgot. Yeah, it. because you forgot you played it. Yeah, got to put it on the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed Overboard a lot. I I didn't I wasn't quite as taken as you were with it. I played it I think for two nights and got you know probably not all of the endings but several of them and was like yeah this is fun you know like this was this was a really fun um cute experience like you said the art is fantastic it has a really great style and it's well executed it's smart it's got a good script and it's genuinely very funny like some of the out like the outcomes are are pretty silly um and like not silly in like a like a wacky way or any like but it's just like oh like like you make a choice and something crazy happens and like ends your run and you're like oh shit like i didn't think that was gonna happen you know and like it it really subverts your expectations in ways that are 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 fun um i think it's like it's a short game that you'll probably get through like if you play it the way that Steve said, where you're like kind of chipping away at it, that might be a better way to draw it out. Um, I think I genuinely I think that's the way it's designed to be played. It's yeah. like play thirty minutes a day, chip away at it, come back to it, and you don't necessarily remember everything, and then you can, you have a little bit longer time with it. Yeah. I also found it's really fun game to play with other people and try and get them to contribute and like well where should we go next what options should we pick like you know simple options like should we pretend like one of the things you do when you first wake up every day is you have the choice of do you leave the bed looking like no one slept in it or do you roll around in it to make it look like your husband was there last night and that you didn't kill him and like things like that you can make those choices and those things all have a repercussion like if you do if you don't do that then the person that knocks on your door and you open the door to it will see that no one slept in your bed last night so where the hell was your husband and you have to try and explain that to people so there's all of these choices that that happen as as you go along and each of them are really well executed every single person on that boat will know something different or will have seen something different yeah it's cool the way that you learn things like like just just keep it with that example because it's literally like the first decision that you make right like after that happens you can then be like oh i won't let them in the room right or like oh Mm -hmm. like i'll pretend i'm not here or oh i'll i'll hide or like whatever you can make all these different choices with the knowledge that you've gained from your previous runs um which is it's fun it's got that like roguelike kind of thing to it um, yeah, so definitely, definitely a great game. One I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, so, number nine on my list is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, okay. I saw my dad playing this over over the cr- Christmas break, and it's not for me. Yeah, I don't think it would be. Um, there's things about it I could see you liking, but yeah, it's it's very much for me, though. Um, I got so I, sick of hearing I am Groot in a million different ways <laughs> while he was playing that game. I was like, seriously, people find this funny? Like, why? Why? It's just annoying just him saying I am Groot over and over again. I don't but, know. It's just like a thing that like I've I've learned to accept. Like that's that's the character, right? So it's like mm-hmm. at at best, or I'm sorry, at worst, it's like unobtrusive to me, right? Because it's like this is just it's in universe, right? Like it's um yes, okay. Uh, and when it's funny, it's really funny, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, there's that one example I remember I brought up on the show that, like, I just thought was so fucking funny, where he was, like, trying to, like, beckon 
into an empty space station. I am Groot. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, you, you either, either dig it or you don't. Um, and, and this is interesting because this is another game. Just like your number ten, where you did, you weren't sure about it when it was no, announced. no, I wasn't. Yeah, it's made it on your list, and I think that's part of why both of them did rank so highly for me is that they were surprises. You know, um, I think generally speaking, when it comes to um, buying games, I'm like a pretty savvy consumer, right? Like i I know what my taste is. I you know am pretty good at reading tea leaves in terms of like, okay, like review codes went out late for this game or like critical reception is generally at this level. And I, here's how I feel about the genre and blah, blah, blah. Like I usually pick games that I think I'm going to like, and I'm usually pretty right. You know, um, the list of games that I played and was cool on, um, is three games. So, you know, usually I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that, but yeah, this this was a game that when we first saw it, um, I was very excited by the idea of it, right? Like the 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 concept of a okay, it's a single player third person action adventure game. It's story driven. It's not open world. You are playing the Guardians of the Galaxy. You play Star Lord, and everybody else is a companion character that you have dialogue with. You get to make choices. And your choices have ramifications on how the characters feel about you and how you progress through the story and blah, blah, blah. Right? Like, that's that's so many boxes checked for me that, like, I was like, oh, I really, really want this game to be good. But I but also... But it was hot off the hills of Marvel's Avengers, right? Which I guess was everyone's concern. Because exactly. it's by the same publisher. Right. And obviously, it's a different team. Obviously, different development cycle, different kind of game, different goals, right? So, like... You know, and and the one thing that a lot of people said about Marvel's Avengers was like, oh, well, the story was good, but I didn't like the, you know, I didn't like the games as a service stuff. Um, and this was all the story stuff. So I wanted to like it, and I wanted to have hope that it would be good, but I was on the fence about it because of the pedigree there and how the other Square Marvel property had turned out. And I was kind of like, I think, having that, like, EA Star Wars thing where I was like, oh, no, are they going to put out, like, a bunch of, like mid-level, you know, and then they have one good one, right? And it's like, oh, no, okay, we got the one good one right away. That's good. Um, so it clicked for me. And, and it's a game that, like, I think it, I could just as easily see someone saying it's a 7 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10 as saying it's an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10, depending on what your, you know, uh, personal tastes are, how, you know, much uh, how much you can tolerate repetitive gameplay if you like everything else about a game um Mm -hmm. things like that you know that like because i really liked the script and i liked the voice acting you know and and i thought that generally speaking the aesthetic and the tone and the look of the game worked well uh i was in it like i was in it in a way that the things that are flaws about it that I wouldn't even argue against. Like if somebody t- told me that they thought the combat was boring, I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. But for me, you know, the combat was often a means to an end, right? Like it would be like, okay, 
we're going to get in this enemy closet. And while we're fighting, all the characters are talking and interacting and they're quipping about what's going on and the broader story. And like, those were the things I was rewarded with, right? Was I'll deal with this, the fairly repetitive combat because well, I really like the cutscenes and I like the character interactions and everything else that's going on is, is clicking for me in a big way. Um, so yeah, like, it might only be like an eight out of ten game, right, or a seven out of ten game, maybe if you're a little more, you know, um, critical or you don't have the same affinity for like the Marvel universe that I have, right? Um, but I am and do so. Like for me, mm-hmm. it clicked, and you know, I it's not uh, the game isn't revelatory in pretty much any way except for its story, which I think is genuinely very good. I think it won. Uh, the best story at the game awards this year, and like that, that I I think that's for good reason. Um, so yeah, like for my money, this game was a really really pleasant surprise, and it's a game that I could have seen coming in a lot hotter and a lot jankier, or or just or overall just not getting it right, not nailing the tone, feeling too much like the movies, um, any of that stuff, right? But it didn't for me. It, it skirted that line very, very cleanly, and it ended up being a game that I, I found really easy to fall in love with. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really glad it, it turned out well. There's been enough crappy Marvel games for you to finally get a, a decent one that's not Spider-Man. That's, right? You know. Yeah. It's like, all right, yeah, this is, like, close. Like, I mean, it's not... A, Insomniac Spider-Man is on a higher level than this, I think, but this is closer to that than... Avengers or, or whatever. It's closer mm-hmm. to that Spider-Man Arkham territory, which is like, I want that. I, I If we got a good superhero game like that every other year, I'd be a real happy camper. I think you're going to get that from Insomniac alone at this the pace they're going, right? God, God, God bless Insomniac. <laughs> if, we were, if we were giving out like, we should do this next year. We should give like awards to oh, like our favorite studios, studio yeah. of the year and like this and that. Like we should do that next year because I Insomniac is like I think they're fucking nipping at Naughty Dog's heels right now. Having played, having just finished Ratchet and Clank, I cannot believe the level of quality and speed of output that studio can achieve. Now you got to play Spider Man. Insane for me. I want to play Spider Man now. You should, because mm-hmm. well, we'll talk about that's a that's a conversation for next <laughs> week's show. We'll talk about your PlayStation adventures. Um, but yeah, uh. I've said it before. I think Mar- Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a game I would really like to see more people play. Um, I know uh, one of our Patreon producers, Zade, um, got into it, and he was also a really big fan um, and gushing with it about me. And I know no one else who has played it. So <laughs> take take my recommendation. Just on this my dad. He's playing through it at the moment. There you go. He just started it. Yeah, the other day. Like, uh, yeah. Well, Andy, if you're listening, shoot me a message if you want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, so my number nine, and I'm curious if this is on your list somewhere, is uh, Mario Party Superstars. I'll never tell. So I I love this game, and the, I think the only reason it doesn't rank higher than number nine is just it's for it's for two reasons: the level of quality of the other games, and the fact that this doesn't really do anything different. It's a repackaging of games, um, bo- boards, and mini games that we've had before. That's not a bad thing in any way. That's what people were asking for. And that's what people want. And I think this game has a lot of headroom 
to to grow and expand if they do deliver dlc and extra boards extra games that people clearly want i've played this now i must have played at least 20 rounds of mario party superstars at this point i'm getting to the point where i'm sort of mario party superstar out because i'm like oh i know this board inside out i know it's tricks i know it's you know i I want something new i want something want something fresh again but this was and we'll get into it on uh, nintendo noise this week this was my number one played game on switch this year wow okay i played a lot of time i've put a lot of time into this game and i and it only came out in like october I, i had a really good time with it uh and and this latest christmas holiday period has really cemented the fact that i mario party is still the king of party games uh i i love jackbox i love all of those those packs but i just think there's something about mario they got party. nothing on mario party all right all right <laughs> jackbox is great and everything but mario party is the undisputed king yeah uh, yeah, I, I 100% uh, 100% agree with that. I do think, though, that the AI really leaves something to be desired on this. Like, it's either ridiculously stupid or it cheats like nobody's business. But I guess it's part of the Mario Party charm and you just have to, to kind of live with it. But yep. if you haven't checked out Mario Party Superstars yet, it's regularly on sale in the UK. I think you can pick it up for like 40 quid at the moment. And you're looking for a good party game. If you've never even played a Mario Party game, like I implore you to try this game because it is so fun. And if you want some more info on it, then go and watch some of our streams. They're in the Twitch archive. You can find We them. did an episode about it too. Yeah. So go, go back. Have, have a listen. Those Mario Party archives are worth the watch though. Those uh, we've, We had some real fun, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to playing more of that game next year. Oh yeah, that bullshit when I got all those coins stolen from me as we landed at the exact same second i will never <laughs> ever forgive you for that oh man all right so uh my number eight is ratchet and clank rift apart nice i am on it. <laughs> i am surprised that this game is this low on the list but i think it just speaks to what a competitive year this was um i i loved ratchet and clank I I think it is um I think this kind of game is something that is just really underrepresented in modern gaming. We don't get a lot of 3D action platformers anymore. Um they were a huge deal when we were kids. Um and you know, when I was growing up, those were my PS two generation. Yeah. That's basically all we got for a well, good while. And those were like Jack my and Daxter as well. Yeah, those were like my favorite kind of games back then. You know, like your your Mario 64s and, you know, Spyros and all that stuff beforehand. Um, yeah, and then, you know, Ratchet and Clank was never my main series. I was more of a Jack and Daxter kid, um, but my best friend was a big Ratchet and Clank fan, so I played um, the original series, like, you know, with them or or borrowing. Like, it was always a game that I played but never was, like, obsessive with. Um, Ratchet and Clank 2016 was kind of like the thing that got me reinterested in the franchise. Um, so like I was looking forward to this game going into it quite a bit, you know, like I, I love Insomniac, they're a great studio and, you know, I've pretty much always been a fan of theirs. Um, so getting to see them do, you know, 
a new Ratchet and Clank game that wasn't shackled to a movie and and not having to be a remake and that was going to be able to take full advantage of the PS5 and be the first proper PS5 exclusive game that I played because, you know, I, I'm not a Demon Souls uh, guy. Um, all of those things, I went into this game with a lot of hype and I think it would have been really easy for it to under-deliver and I feel like it exactly met my expectations which is led to me having a wonderful experience with it. But I think it's also probably why it's not higher on my list is because it was like, yes, you exactly met expectations, Ratchet and Clank. Thank you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I also feel like as much as I'm very excited for more, like if they keep going in the, like, you know, with this storyline, you know, moving on from, from Rift Apart, um, I'm in, right? Like, I'll buy one of these whenever they got one for me. Um, I also feel like the formula feels like it could use a shot in the arm, you know? And I don't know what that is, but I, I think that um, it feels like more Ratchet and Clank, just better, and that's great, but I also feel like there's, there's like, the, the difference you see from Spider-Man 2018 to Miles Morales is something I'm very, very excited to see with Rift Apart. Like, if we go from a Rift Apart to, you know, a, a proper Rift Apart sequel, I think Insomniac, um, I think they still have room to grow with Ratchet and Clank, which seems insane because this is, like, the 13th one. Um, but I think it speaks to the fact that, like, that franchise is great and they clearly still have so much love uh, and affection for that world and those characters. And I think this game does a really good job of, even if you're new, um, making you care about them in a way that, like, I never really have. Um, and I think the addition of the new characters really helps with that. Because if you're a new person, like, you can kind of um, get rolled in with those characters, you know? Um, and I think that that's, that was a really smart choice because I liked the new characters, um, at least some of the new characters, even better than the ones that oh, we yeah, had I history definitely. with. Um, I definitely prefer Rivet. Yeah. To Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, I definitely 100%. like Rivet better than and, Ratchet. And I hate Clank's voice acting. I just despise his voice. Oh, so I love much. Clank's voice. <laughs> no. The Rivet, the Rivet and Clank sections were, were probably some of my favorites of the game. I love, I love Rivet a lot. But yeah. I like Kit, too. I do, too. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, like, it's funny because this this game is a mixed bag in terms of, like, there are things that are, like, like the story and characterization, I think, are new highs for Ratchet and Clank. Um, but I think gameplay-wise, it feels like more of a perfection of a formula rather than major iteration. Um, and I'm excited for more of that iteration because fucking Insomniac is so good at that. Like the 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 fat that they were able to trim off Spider-Man to really make Miles like a lean, uh, tight experience is something that I think you know. I don't necessarily want uh, Ratchet and Clank to be shorter because I think this game was like the perfect length, um, but. I feel like there's that room for like, okay, cool. Like what can we learn from what we did here and how do we grow that from here? And that's something I'm really excited to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was still one of my favorite games of the year by a lot. And 
Like it's a game I think I'll look back on the first year of the of the PlayStation Five, and this will be the game that I think I think of because mm-hmm. it was the first exclusive that I got my hands on, and obviously such a marquee title. Uh, but I also think that like games that look like this. I feel like the benchmark is always like, it's like, oh, it looks like you're playing a Pixar movie, but this actually looks like that, right? Like, it doesn't... Yes, it does, especially in... So I play this in fidelity mode. I don't know if you had the... If you did, if you played in fidelity I, or performance. I only play in performance mode. So I'm playing in fidelity mode because since the release, they've added a 120 hertz mode. You put that on, it then plays in 40 frames per second instead of 60. And that's enough for me. I played that. It felt smooth as anything. I got all of the ray tracing. I got all of the fidelity. It looked phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's a it visually stunning game. Um, and you know, like very high scores for art, voice acting. You know, the the music is good. Like it's 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 just a delight. It's a really delightful game. Um, and one that like. Yeah, I just I just had such a, a pleasant time with it and it it's a kind it's a genre that I want to see more of from you know triple A studios like Insomniac, you know, that have that level of chops and that level of you know budget and experience and all that stuff. Um and like I I don't know that we're gonna get more. So I really think Ratchet and Clank is like carrying that torch for folks like me um so yeah go get them give me a give me a rivet and um you just said her name what is it uh kit rivet and kit spinoff in the style of the 0.5 v1 yeah in the style of miles morales where it's like 10 15 hours like i will eat that up i hope that comes next year maybe that's one of my predictions um (laughs) Although I don't know if that's possible. Insomniac's working on so many fucking games these days, right? Like, <laughs> all right. So it's funny you mentioned that you think there aren't going to be too many more of this style of game because my number eight is Psychonauts Two, which is very much in the same genre. Uh, I I loved this game. I haven't finished it, but I I plan to go back to it. Um, I think if I'd have finished it, it may have ranked a little bit higher. But I think the story is great. The setting is great. The art style is great. I loved the the different actions you got. I, I don't know, this game, I, I really think you need to check it out, Pete. If you liked Ratchet and Clank, I really think you'd like Psychonauts 2. Yeah, I know. Having not played uh, the first one, I was delighted by it. I when I looked at it, I thought, "Wow, this you know this game doesn't look like like it's for me." But I tried it. I streamed some of it, and such a great game, such a great game. Um, I'm gonna jump straight into my seven though, because my seven is Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> what you're just driving right past it? Okay, whoa. <laughs> uh, and I want to talk about these two together. So my seven is Ratchet and Clank, and the eight was Psychonauts two. And I only just finished Ratchet and Clank, so there's definitely a possibility that it's like... Recency bias. Bias. But I don't think it is. I just think that Ratchet and Clank takes that genre 
and it has just got such a much higher level of polish than Psychonauts 2. And I know Psychonauts 2 comes from a a double-A studio, a smaller team. It was originally an indie game. It was, I think this was a kickstarted game. Um, So it's, they obviously didn't have the same level of budget. I think for Psychonauts 3, they probably will now that they're owned by Microsoft. And I think we could see the same level of polish that we got with Ratchet and Clank. But you were absolutely right when you said that this is like playing a Pixar game. I thought that the entire way through. And I know that we've had it for a while where it's just like you go from cutscene to playing the game and you're not really quite sure. But like the way it does it in this, it's it's like the camera pans around and it's just like it you seamless. You're like on this like set like custom camera angle, and then as you move it sort of like zooms in on you. It's so well done. It's almost like the God of War camera. In a weird oh, way. Oh, like the single shot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it's like, it's not that, but it's it's more similar to that than a traditional camera angle, which is weird. Um, I had that happen to me a lot in Ratchet and Clank. I was like, oh, right, okay, I'm back. Like I'm playing now, yeah. I had it a few times when I, when I was playing. Um, I, I did have some issues with repetition in the game, and I think it was just because I played it in such a small period of time where I was trying to pack it all in to yeah. finish it in time for today's uh, recording. But it did feel like, right, okay, so I go from this point to an arena, I battle a load of people, then I go from this arena to another arena, I battle a load of enemies, I go from this place to another arena, and I battle a load of enemies. Oh, and now there's a little boss, a mini-boss that I've got a, a fight off. Uh, but when it wasn't that, and when there was the the separate areas you go to, like the the clank puzzles, or it's the I go and I find a rift that I can go through, and it's like a another little puzzle I've got to solve in order to find like a helmet or a, a golden um, bolt. Yeah, all of that stuff. It was so cool, uh, and there's nothing felt so good than whizzing around with those like jet boot things that you do. God, I love that. Yeah, that is such so, a good, so good. feature. Yo, it's, uh, it's absolutely love that. It's so funny to me that we had these both on on our lists in like very similar places, and that like it speaks to our differences as players. That you're like, oh yeah, like the whole like enemy closet thing or whatever. Like that got a little rep- repetitious. But I love the puzzles, and I'm very much like, oh man, <laughs> the gameplay loop of fighting the enemy closets i found so satisfying and the puzzles are like yeah they're they're fun they're fine they're like fine i want a whole game of those clank puzzles like the environmental puzzles with these like balls i I would not play a whole game of that i'll tell you that i would Um, love that absolutely loved it they were my they were some of my favorite parts of the game like there was only one and you know you can skip those if you click the I know. Menu, you can just skip I, om- I almost it just tells did. you what happens. <laughs> I almost did like every time. Like I'm like I would always. Oh like, wow! No, I, I really want to do it this. So satisfying to you figure it out. Reminded me of Lemmings, right? And they get to oh, the yeah, door and they all yeah. get vaporized, and then that opens up. I, yeah. I thought they were so cool. I loved that. I loved finding some of the collectibles. I didn't do any of the arena stuff. Didn't give a shit about. I that. was going to say that was my the last arena challenge is like ma- one of my favorite parts of the game. No, it didn't bother. Couldn't be, couldn't be bothered. That's Won't so go back to them. That's do the thing not, is, do not care oh my God. about those. I had so much fun with that stuff because to me, like the thing that I liked doing the most was like I platinum the game. Um, 
I I really loved being like, okay, cool, like I'm gonna max out this weapon and get all the upgrades, and then I'm gonna go do this one and do this, and like just meticulously going through all of them and being like, oh, I need more bolts so I can upgrade this, and like I I got so into that loop and like the, uh, <laughs> doing the arena, being like, yes, like give me the prize money so I can go upgrade my guns faster. Like, now, see, I've got I'd got my guns to I picked my guns and I got the ones I liked. I liked the topiary glove. And I would chuck that down, and I'd like basically turn them into hedges for a little bit, and then I'd get them with the the shotgun, the executor, um, and I would just like it was it was so OP. By the end of it, it was great. You could just say it was bam 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 bam, and the feeling you get on that, the, the way that it uses the dual sense, which I have issues with, and I will get to it on another episode. Like that control is too big for my tiny hands, and. The the way the triggers work though, man, every gun feels different. Uh, there's like the yeah. mini gun where you like rest halfway and then you like click and it's like resting halfway and it's spinning up and then when you want to unload the bullets, you like pull it all the way down. And the same with the the like standard pistol, you can like pull it a little bit of the way and it'll just like do one shot, or you can just like pull it all the way down and like blows all the bullets out in in one hit it's, it's so so good i'm i'm glad you brought that up because i forgot to mention that i think that's my favorite implementation of the dual sense so far i think the way that it changes the weapons and basically gives each of them like two different powers or settings or whatever that you can take advantage of yeah like you've so got that smart. one with the with the like shield you like yeah. pull it halfway you've got a shield and then you like push through it and it shoots it's it's very very cool i i had a great time with that and i much preferred the implementation of the the haptic feedback on this to either of the other games i've played on playstation 5 so i've played Deathloop and i've played um astro's playroom and in both of those i found the implementation a little bit intrusive it was actually distracting me from what was going on in the in the game because i was thinking about like oh it feels like i'm on this boys you know it's take it's not immer- making me more immersed it's taking me out of it in ratchet it went it just fell into the background and and it was there when you wanted it to be there, and it wasn't there when you didn't. Like when you put the jet boots on, and you're running across, and you can feel like the rumble of the of the boots, or you're, you know, shooting something, and each gun feels different when you're shooting it in the rumble and the way you get hit and things like that. Yeah, like, or like you'd get you hit. don't get it like when you're walking on surfaces, which is I don't want because like or like you'd get hit and you'd feel it from like the angle you got hit at and stuff like that. And it's like yes. oh wow, so you like, know where it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like things like that that are like they feel more akin to like the ghost of Tsushima, like being able to swipe uh, for the wind as the waypoint. And it just feels intuitive. Like it feels like a natural part of what's happening rather than like a gimmick that they're trying to show off. Yeah. It's not been funneled in. Yeah. 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 I, I, I had a good, I had a good time with that game. I, I really did enjoy it. And, and not to distract from psychology, I think what that small team has achieved with that game is phenomenal and and i think everyone should check both of these games out if they're able to i'm glad i was able to play ratchet and clank before we did this list because it firmly belongs on this list and the fact that this had been up for so many discussions for game of the year i i think it's well deserving of it and it's curious to me this low so low down on both of our lists i think it goes to show the Either the games that we hold dearer to us, to us, like this, maybe not this kind of playstyle we were looking for in in twenty twenty one, or just how good of a quality of a year it was for video games as a whole. For me, it's the latter. 
it's it has it's nothing to do with the fact that Ratchet and Clank wasn't amazing, and everything to do with the fact that there are games above it on my list that I think may go down as some of my favorite games, and that's just it's tough competition, mm-hmm. you know. Like it, it's it's a it's a tough year. Um, I think in another year, on another day, Ratchet and Clank could have been higher on on my list for sure. But it's tough. It's really tough. So for my number seven, uh, this is another game that I think probably could have been higher, um, is Deathloop. So uh, Deathloop is like the worst uh, mark on my pile of shame this year in terms of the fact that I just didn't finish it, right? I didn't finish it, yeah, because it came out at a bad time. Um, I'd been looking forward to it. Obviously, Arcane, one of my favorite studios, Dishonored, uh, and Dishonored 2 are two of my favorite games ever. Um and I've really been looking forward to this game. And when I got into it, I was like, this is an immediate game of the year contender for me. Um, I think the gameplay is fantastic. I just, I love the way that, that Arcane builds uh, immersive Sims. You know, like I, I really love immersive Sims as a genre and they're not for everybody. So, so Hitman 2 is on your list, right? The Hitman 3 is on your list, right? Oh yeah, it's on right. here. You it, love that genre, it's so still, you've definitely played it, right? Still here in the plastic, yeah. Damn still it. Hitman Three not on the list, unfortunately. Um, honorable mention for next year, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but I, I love the immersive sim, and pretty much nobody makes them except for Arcane and um, and uh, uh, Io. Yeah, I was like, what are they? What are they called? Um, and you know, I think Arcane is constantly made critical darlings that underperformed uh at the box office and this game feels like finally like they've had their coming out party right like they won a huge award at the game awards um in best direction you know there there's a level of attention on death loop because it was a big ps5 exclusive um that is really really awesome to see and like i think the game that they built is really impressive the the layers of it and the way in which they interact with one another and the ways in which it encourages you to um you know explore and experiment and learn and make choices based on your play style and the way that you want to solve problems rather than you know pushing you in a direction and funneling you and and you know there being a quote-unquote right way to play um every way is the right way to play and like that's what i love about the way that they make games Mm -hmm. and you know it's not like i played an insignificant amount of this game I, i i'm at least halfway through it um and i just i i'm so impressed by what they did there are things about it in terms of like some of its menu systems and stuff like that that oh, that's my biggest complaint with it so far is the menu system and the it's so text heavy and yeah. and you get to the end and it's just it's telling me all of these things and i'm just like is this do i need to know this right now and then like the tutorial even tells you at one point click circle like three times to go back to the mission thing and i'm just like why is that three levels deep? Like it's so and it's so obtuse at times to navigate this interface. And, I, was, and I played it pre-patch and post-patch. So I when I was playing it, I booted up the disc, it was taking forever to download, so I played the game anyway. They it significantly improved it. It was a lot worse to begin with, and the font that was on there was horrendous. It was like this awful 
scripty font that you couldn't read. And the same when you tagged enemies, the font in that little box when you hold down to tell you what they are is like, I was unaware of your presence, has this, thinks yeah. nothing's going to happen today. It was all that like artsy font and you couldn't read the thing. So I'm glad like during testing, it, it really got highlighted and they fixed it in the, in the day one patch. Yeah. And you know, I, um, I think that that system is necessary for the way that the game is and the, the like the layers at which um they interact and like that they're all like there's all these different... sort of like you're playing chess right you yeah just got, you because think like three moves ahead of like all oh, the time's going to progress so i need to be in this place and it's going to be daytime so i need to look at what occurs during the day in in this area versus that area and where do I want to be? And like, you have to really orient yourself around like the run mentality where it's like, well, what is the goal of this run? Right. I'm going to do this now so that I can get this resource because it'll make doing this easier later, or it'll make this other thing I'm trying to do possible or, or whatever, whatever. And like, there's, it's a lot of thinking. It's definitely like a thinking players game, you know? And like, I think that's part of why I took a break from it was that it was something that I was like, ooh, like this is really, it's a brain tickler. Like I really need to think about mm-hmm. this and, and I want to be clever and all those things. And when it came out, I was exhausted. Like that was the part of the year where I was really starting to burn out. And uh, between that and the fact that another game that ranked higher on my list um, came out and distracted me. Uh, oh, I wonder what I can do. I don't know. Um, that's the, the reason I never got through Deathloop. It has nothing to do with like, me not liking it or, or or feeling like it needs to be anything different. I think it's just a matter of it wasn't the right time for for what it is. And I think it's a game that like I'm very, very eager to get back to and reinvest in, but I know that that's gonna take me getting back into the systems and, and like getting back mm-hmm. in the rhythm of it, you know, and getting back in the loop. Um and I'm extremely excited to do that, um, because it was a game that that clicked with me so much. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely like, it's unlike any other game. It is, it is an achievement in design, the, the levels at which it operates. But I also think that the, the menus and all that stuff, they're necessary for the game to be what it is, but I think that they break the immersion a little bit for me. And something I really like about Dishonored is how like you get your one stab at that mission and whatever happens, happens and like, you got to move on. Right. And like, um, that mentality is still here when it comes to the runs, but I everything feels like, uh, you know, it's just so different. It's such a different rhythm, and, and moving through the story and the beats of it are so, like, unlike any other game that you've ever played, um, regardless of the fact that because it's a immersive sim, it's already different than most other games you've ever played. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a multifaceted very very technically impressive and just fun to play game um i i really really am just so impressed by arcane and i'm really excited i think their acquisition is the thing that i am most excited about with regard to the the bethesda xbox thing because generally speaking you know i'm not one i don't like major acquisitions i want the gaming landscape to be broader not smaller um, but Arcane has always been a studio that delivered critically, but not as much commercially. And I could see that being a thing that eventually Bethesda was not willing to continue like fronting the bill on, whereas Microsoft will do that forever. 
Um, so yeah, of course they were, because because those like Metacritic scores are important. I think yeah. to Microsoft. Yeah, I mean because like even if they didn't have Game Pass, like as a as a box maker, that's valuable. Having exclusives mm-hmm. that are critically acclaimed and you can only play it on Xbox, like that's a big fucking deal, right? But like with Game Pass, it's an even bigger deal. So their future, yeah, because you're more like you're more willing to try it out, right? Then oh, yeah. do I gamble and spend seventy pounds on this game that I don't necessarily usually play, but it's got a really good rating and everyone I know is raving about how good it is, but. 70 pounds that's a lot of money to to spend and risk if i don't like it where versus oh i'm paying for game pass anyway i'll just download it yeah and i'll give it a go absolutely so i am really really pleased to see that it seems like arcane's future seems secure um and that death loop was like kind of their um i'll bet i'll borrow this uh uh barrett courtney who works at kind of funny is also an arcane fan and i've heard him say this before that this is like their pop album right this is like their their this is their first real like commercial hit that people are are connecting with and people know Deathloop they identify Arcane now as a studio to watch um which is amazing and I'm so happy to see that because I just have so much love for the studio and what they do um and Deathloop is like new and exciting and fresh in a way that only Arcane could deliver and yeah, I mean, what more can you say about it? It's it's an absolute must play, uh, for my opinion, or from my purview. And I think if you've got a PS5 um, and you don't have your mitts on it, yeah, you're missing out. It's one of the best games on the platform. Um, but you can also get it on a PC, I think. So check it out where yeah, you can. Yeah, and I would imagine it's coming to Xbox this year. Yeah, yeah. Keep an, keep an eye out for it on uh, Game Pass, probably, um, in the next 12 months, I'd guess. So yeah, um, so I guess I should do my number six now, right? Yeah, yeah. You and then we'll go back six. to normal. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll, then we'll forget that I put a spanner in the works here. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. Uh, so number six, I'm actually going to lead in with a question from the question block. Uh, so Mr. Zaid Ida, one of our Patreon producers, wrote in uh, a few weeks ago, actually, with a question that uh, he got this one in late. And it ended up not being relevant, but it's relevant here and now. So I'm going to read it. <laughs> Zade wrote in and said, what's up, fellas? Throwback to email questions. Hope y'all are doing well and gaming hard as per usual. My question this week is with the Game Awards now passing us by, do you think that remasters and remakes should be considered going forward as the Game Awards continue to evolve? I was talking to a buddy the other day about Knights of the Old Republic's remake coming out next year, and I'm curious to see if it will be considered due to it being from a uh, from-the-ground-up remake. Excited to hear your thoughts. Stay well, Zade. So I think... You know, we've talked extensively about the remake versus remaster versus whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, I We've always maintained, and, and this is consistent, if it's a from-the-ground-up remake, that's different than a remaster. And that's why I think Very different, those yeah. games get considered in a way that remasters often don't, right? Um, so we won't, you know, uh, continue that conversation. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring this up is because this is the first ever flip screen games game of the year this is precedent setting right right now so we can we're, we're making the rules as we go for our game of the year and for my game of the year right number six is the mass effect legendary edition collection 
It's madness that you ranked this so high. Had to, you Man, are lucky it's not boring. higher. Are you kidding me? Uh, this this. Do you know, I say this, but it's very hypocritical, and you'll find out in a minute why. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You're you're a cheeky fuck, as uh, as your brother would say. <laughs> Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I, I, I really struggled to not put this higher on my list. Uh, I, it is. How, seriously, how? That like, you played all of these games before, like, there's no way this could be, like, number one. No, and it couldn't, and it shouldn't, and that's why it's lower, right? It's, it's, it's the same argument I had to apply to Persona 5 Royal last year, where, like, it was lower even though I love that game so much and it was some of my fondest memories playing games last year, all those things, you gotta, you gotta give the dings where they come, right? So for mm-hmm. me, I, it didn't feel right to put it in the top five uh, because it was a remake, or a remaster, rather. Uh, but I couldn't not put it in the top ten. I just couldn't, you know? Uh, for my money some of the best times I've had playing games this year was with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And, you know, you can argue that's not fair, it's nostalgia, it's this, it's that, it's whatever, right? But there are a lot of remakes of games that I love a lot that I don't finish, right? I started the Bioshock remaster when that came out. Didn't finish it. Bioshock's one of my favorite games of all time, right? Um... This is a, a trilogy that I was really excited to get back to. And, you know, for years and years, EA said they were not going to do it, that they weren't interested in remasters, that they were only interested in doing new games, all that stuff, right? And to see this come out, to see it have members of the original Mass Effect team, uh, you know, kind of revisiting these games and and applying some modern polish and quality of life changes especially to mass effect one which really needed them um there's a lot of love put into this collection and you know would it have been cool to see a a from the ground up uh remake yeah but i also don't feel like the games need them that much i think that like for the ways in which like mass effect feels dated there's also a lot of things about it that for my money, it's done better than any other game that's that's tried. You know, um, the the story and the way that you can interact with the world and its characters are something that I really feel like is unmatched in a lot of ways. And you know, going back to something like this that I love as much as I do is a gamble, um, and it's a gamble I've lost in the past. Right, where like you have something in such high regard and you go back yeah. to it and it doesn't live up. You know, it doesn't live up Often to you. Often happens to me for TV and movies more than video games. Because video games, I feel like you know it so well, it feels like you're walking around a place that's home. Whereas a movie or a TV show is kind of just like, oh, I'm watching this and oh, yeah, this is a little bit problematic now. Like, you've totally ruined 30 Rock for me and I will never forgive you for that, Pete. Sorry. 
<laughs> but you know, and, and that it's it's a risk, you know. And there are games that, like you go back to, and it's just like it's too archaic, it's too stiff, it's too this, it's too that. And Mass Effect being a thing that yeah, Mario sixty four is one for me. I can't sure. do that camera anymore. Um, and there are there are things in Mass Effect that are dated, um, but for the most part, the driving stuff. Sure. Um, I even mean like in the the writing and the story, right? Which is like there are things about it where it's like, oh, like it's kind of funny that like like something that I I remember clocking was that like there are like on the Normandy the ship, right? There's a there's a, a men's room and a ladies' room, and it's like I don't really feel like that's you know like the idea of that in now like feels quaint to me let alone in the future, right? When it's like a hundred years from now or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Like there are things like that, that I'm like, Oh, if they made this game today, that would probably be different, you know? Um, so like, fair enough. But I think the number of things that are like that are a lot less than I think I might've even thought they could be. Um, so yeah, I mean, going back to these games was absolutely nothing but a pleasure and was something that, I was eager to do and this gave me I think the definitive best way to do it and I mean hell look at the Grand Theft Auto collection that got put out this year right for how easily that can go wrong so yeah that was this year's cyberpunk for them for for you know Bioware and EA to deliver on something I've I've always wanted which was a you know uh, definitive modern way to play these games with you know a few quality of life bells and whistles improvements but with the bones and the real guts of the game unchanged is something that I'm really thankful for and if they decide they want to remake the original trilogy at some point like yeah I'd be all in for that as well but I would still be glad that this exists um, because mm-hmm. it's the best way to play these games and for what I think is probably the best trilogy of games in terms of story at least uh in the history of games i'm really happy for that and it was awesome to see all these new players getting to play it for the first time there being a new conversation around the games again um you know new like new collectibles and new you know all this just mass effect being back in the conversation was something that i was so thankful for um and something that really like felt great to me in 2021 and it was a real highlight um and obviously we know that mass effect 4 is in active development i think that there's probably a pretty good reason that they did this so that you'd be able to make your choices and import your save and have all that stuff matter i think that's where we're going um one would hope but i hoped that with shemu one and two going into shemu three and it didn't happen but slightly different scenario there yeah so i mean cautiously want to say that the future for Mass Effect seems bright for the first time in a long time, but even if it isn't, I'm so glad to have been able to re-experience these games again. Um, I still haven't finished Mass Effect 3. I'm 75% of the way through it, and then the fall came, and I had to play all these new games, so um, gonna have to close that one out in early 2022, but... Uh, you gonna need to just take some time for that and just do it. Yeah, if only. <laughs> Already, You'll find out more about that on, on this week's One More Thing. Yeah, go check that out. Um, yeah, so I mean, just I love Mass Effect so so much, and I'm really glad to 
have it back in any capacity. Um, so this was the highest I could rank it in good conscience. And I did. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I had a similar quandary. My number six is Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, Are you fucking serious? <laughs> you give me a ration of shit and then you throw this out. I am also uh, naming one of my favorite games of all time as one of the best games of the year. All right. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. But... I want to preface this with saying, obviously, we've we've actually never addressed it on the show. Everything happening at Activision Blizzard, it's all shitty. We hate it, and we've never spoken about it. But if you know us and you follow us on Twitter, you know that obviously we want to see the industry as a whole improve. Aside from that, this game is phenomenal. It's one of the best remasters, or I may even consider it a remake of all time. Vicarious Visions, rest in peace, but thank you for providing me with this incredible remaster. 4K, fully 3D, everything lovingly recreated, every single weapon and item, and it's just, it's glorious. I've played this game now through three times, once on the the open, uh, once on the beta, once when it fully came out and released, and I played it through a, sec- a second time fully as a different class. And wow, Diablo 2, what, what a game. I don't think it's the Diablo for people trying to get, get into that genre or get into that game. That's Diablo 3. That is much more user-friendly. But if you have nostalgia for the way Diablo used to be, that inventory management, that classic loop of going into the dungeon and finding something new and coming back and and just playing it again and again and again. Like, I used to get this game out what every two, three years. I would go back and I would just, I want to play Diablo 2 again. And now I have a way to do that on a console in 4K with high-resolution assets, playing it at 60 frames per second for the first time. I mean, this was restricted to like 20 frames a second, this game. Before, oh, my God. With, with pixelated, like, isometric drawings and now we've got it in fully 3d 4k at 60 frames per second and that's on a console god knows what you can achieve on a on a high-end pc this just this game if you've been considering it and you want to want to get back to diablo 2 after all these years this is the i think now the definitive way to play this this game i love it so much i love diablo and uh, I'm glad that that we got a, a good port and not a terrible one like the Warcraft people got suffered with. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm I'm upset that it meant the death of Vicarious Visions, but at least something good came out of it for your sake. Yeah. So, uh, my number five is a game that impacted my number seven quite a bit. So, number five, I have Delta Rune Chapter Two. So just so, to, so this shifted death loop down to seven. Well, it's part of the equation. So think about this, okay. right? Uh, death loop comes out September fourteenth, twenty twenty one, right? Uh, then on September seventeenth, twenty twenty one, with like about a day or two's warning, uh, Toby Fox gave the world a gift in Delta Rune Chapter Two. Um, which, if you know anything about Delta Rune, right? The original Delta Rune Chapter One came out in two thousand eighteen. Um, it was also just kind of shadow dropped. Uh, and <clears throat> at the time, Toby used that to announce the game and said that 
the remaining chapters, um, which I think originally it was only going to be five, now it's seven, uh, would all come out at the same time. Then this year, he dropped it, and he said that the reason that they dropped it was because everybody's having a tough year, and he wanted to give people something to look forward to and enjoy, uh, okay. so he released the game. Yeah, Toby Fox is amazing. I Again, if you're a regular listener of the show... Um, you know the affinity I have for for Undertale and Deltarune. Have you, and have you got an Undertale tattoo? Not yet. Um, that's probably going to be my next one. It'll be that or Shovel Knight will probably be the next one on the, the video game sleeve. What are you going to get? Where? The heart. Uh, I've thought about getting the Deltarune symbol. Like, it's the mm. it's the, the crest in the original game, and then now it's, you know, obviously has its own role in, in Deltarune now. Um, but, I, yeah, maybe the heart, maybe Sans. There's a lot of things I've thought of. Um, but get Rolsey, just get Rolsey tattooed on you. <laughs> You'd love that. Uh, I Toby is one of my favorite artists of of in any medium. You know, I think um I'm such a fan of you know the way that he writes, his sense of humor, the way that he can balance um you know goofiness and silliness and lighthearted things with you know things that are deep and dark and scary and, and real um, are is masterful. And he's a phenomenal musician. I, I love, love the music in, in, in his game so much. Um, yeah, there's just, there's just so much to Undertale and Deltarune that speaks to me in a really, really intimate way. And Deltarune Chapter 2, you know, I think... It improves a lot on on what's established in chapter one from like a gameplay perspective, um, and just growing on the mechanics in a way that feels like smart and logical. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's funny. I replayed chapter one to refresh my memory, and then play chapter two. So that was part of my distraction from Deathloop <laughs> on, on PC, right? On PC because I didn't yeah. think it was going to come to Switch, and then it came to Switch. <laughs> Thanks for that, Toby. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, um, Toby Fox is a creator that when he makes something like I stop and take notice, you know? Um, and I think for anyone, if you haven't experienced Undertale, uh, if you played Undertale, but haven't checked out Deltarune, um, they are games I could not recommend more highly and I will not tell you anything about them. You should go in with as clean a slate as possible and experience them for what they are. And uh, and don't judge it by the pictures, which is what me and Pixel did when you were recommending us to play it. Because I just I was just like, why are you recommending this game? It looks terrible. But Undertale became one of my favorite games of all time. And I need to play Deltarune Chapter 2. I played Deltarune Chapter 1 for the first time on stream this year. And I had a really good time with it. Uh, I really liked that, ga- uh, that game. And I, it sounds like Deltarune Chapter 2 just really builds upon that. Um, and I actually prefer the the combat in this to to undertale yeah yeah i i think i generally do as well um i literally only have one critique of delta in chapter two and it's that uh there's a character in chapter one who is a is a a major supporting character who has more of a minor role in chapter two and that's literally my only complaint is that i love that character so much that i wanted Not them- big Zeus. Tommy no, no, not Big Seuss. Uh, it's uh, it's my boy Lancer. 
Um, <laughs> oh, like, of course. Yeah. You know, he's got the he's got the hottest song in the entire game, and I'm like, you tell me he needs to be in more scenes. That's all. That's my only problem. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I love Delta in Chapter Two. I thought it was uh, a a really really nice surprise uh, for Toby to release that early again, um, and. I mean, yeah, chapters three through seven, whenever they come out, are one of my most anticipated releases um, by a lot. So check it out if you haven't. Uh, if you have, um, feel the love. All right. So my number five is Forza Horizon 5. Uh, it's a fitting place for it. And I had such a good time with this game, and I played... I think like 50 hours of this game. I, I spent a long time in, in Forza. Uh, finished it all, got into the Hall of Fame or whatever it's called. Did a bunch of the like weekly challenges on the Forza playlist. The, the, the got me Forza-thon points. Is that how you think it's a ridiculous name? Forza-thon. Uh, but this game is very much more of the same, and I don't think that's a bad thing. It, very, it builds upon it a lot. There is new things. But it takes the same game that people know and love, this open world great racing, and takes it to a new location that we've never been to before. We take it to Mexico. And so we've never been to Mexico before, and it's just just a, the perfect setting for the game. You've got all of these different biomes, and it's a totally different seasonal schedule to the previous game, which was set in the UK. So rather than just like the standard spring summer autumn winter you've got like stormy season and rainy season and and that's cool rather than snow it's like it's what would actually happen in in mexico and the level of detail they put into these games is just is phenomenal the number of cars that are there and i don't even think you really need to be into racing games and cars and things like that to to appreciate the game and have a good time with it so everyone tells me as I mentioned on the, the episode where I spoke about it, you've got like the Battle Royale mode, there's the playground stuff, which are just these fun challenges, which are kind of, I guess, like imagining what if you took Rocket League, which is playing football with cars and just did other things with it. Like there's the infected mode where you bang other cars and it turns them into like a zombie car and you, very similar to, to some of the modes that are in Halo and things. Yeah. There's a lot of good, good fun stuff that they've done with it. And I, I, I think for... My money, I think this is the best racing game out there today. I think n n nothing else competes with it. We don't get a, a simulation racer or an arcade racer come close to what um, what Playground Games have achieved with Forza Horizon. And the the fifth one in the series really came as a surprise for a lot of people. We, we thought we were going to get another motorsport game before we got Horizon, but we got another Horizon first. While that studio is also working on the Fable reboot, I don't know. Again, they're another one of those studios that's up for like a contender of how do they achieve such incredible output at such speed? Yeah, um, and I, really I impressive. It's a, yeah, it's just a, cr a credit to what they're able to achieve with the tools that they've built. Um, so it, it's also another one of the ones that's on Game Pass. So if you haven't checked it out, definitely go give it a try if you're if you're curious. Tune in for my inevitable stream. Please do. Everyone's going to keep telling you to play it. All right, number four on my list is Disco Elysium Director's Cut. Uh, so now we're is getting... It, is Director's Cut? It's the final cut, right? Oh, is it final cut? Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The cut. This one. The one with voices. 
so this is a this is the part of my list where it gets aggressively tough. Where it's like any of these games could be higher or lower and just know that the the margins between my 1 and 4 are razor fucking thin. Um and I say that because Disco Elysium easily could have been in the top three. It easily could have been in the top two. Um, I maybe even top one. Disco Elysium is one of the best games I've ever played. Full stop. Uh, I think it is one of the best role playing games ever made by a lot. And it shows that role playing as a genre is so much deeper than you know rolling characters and and killing enemies. And the fact that so few video games that are true role, like pen and paper role playing game inspired have never tried to make a game that's about role playing and rolling dice. That's not about killing things. Um, it speaks to. I don't I don't mean this as a dig. To other developers, I mean it as a credit to the team behind Disco Elysium is that, like, I think it speaks to the fact that, like, our creativity uh, in this space, in this medium, like, there's still so many places for it to go, right? Like, that, like, oh, video yeah. games as an art form are so young and that, like, no one else has done this or done it this well or done it to this level of polish or or artistry or or whatever you want to say um it's an achievement you know and it it shows that there are so many places left for us to go and it kind of it kind of makes me look at um at a lot of other games and be like yeah like maybe it's time we get a little more creative you know that like there are you know it not everything has to be about killing enemies um and and you know like overcoming obstacles physically you know because that's what's although so- in, in disco it is satisfying when you are able to overcome obstacles physically. sure and that's the thing though it's a, re- it's a, ve- it's a rarity but- you roll those dice i rolled one and it was like a 19 percent chance and yeah. i was like this is never gonna fucking happen and it worked it like passed and i was like holy shit and I, it's just such a good feeling. And that's the thing, right? Is it, it comes back to the same thing that I was praising Arcane about. It's about player choice, right? Giving me the ability to be like, I'm going to roll a character, and based on how I roll this character, I have to solve problems in this way. Is deeply rewarding. And it gives you a huge sense of ownership over your character, over the way you make decisions, over the way you build out stats, over the way you roll characters in subsequent runs. Like... It's so deep and it has so much to offer. And like you and I could play a character who's rolled exactly the same way and have a totally different experience by making different choices. Um, And the fact that the game is that deep is, ah, it's just incredible. And like, again, it it, similar to the reasons that I, I was praising, you know, Undertale. It is a game that is able to be funny it's able to be sad. It's able to, you know, uh, feel really like lonely and isolating. Um, but also then like have these moments that really, 
you know, feel like earnest and, and, you know, rooted in, in all these very, very genuine, like vulnerable places, right. Of like, like lost love and, and, you know, camaraderie and, and addiction and, and all these places that, it's so easy to go and and go to those places and just be grim dark about them. And disco like I think most great pieces of art is able to tap into and identify the fact that like life isn't like that, right? Like life is rarely a comedy or a drama. It's it's shades of all of those things. And like games that are able to do both are they're special. And they stand out because so many games are only interested in in presenting you a binary choice of black or white, right? Like, are you the good guy? Or, and all the choice doesn't even matter. They just yeah. present you two options, and the choice, you know, is going to be the same outcome regardless. Whereas you know, in this, or no choice. Yeah, you know, there are, <laughs> and there are some things where you can come back and you can try again. There are other things where it's the the dicey roll is permanent, and that's just what happens, and that's how the story progresses, and. And not to mention all of the other like systems that are involved, right? Where you've got these things you can like piece together and like think about, and that may unlock something that you the can internal talk about later on. dialogue um, yeah. your character has with themselves and their emotions and their thought patterns and idiosyncrasies and the fact that like your character can be mentally ill and then that that will impact like are the are you a reliable narrator to yourself, right? Like things like that <laughs> are fucking insane. Like you know you can make your character like you know, uh, extremely sensitive. You can make them extremely dull and dumb and like all of those things. And they, they impact the way that people react to you and the choices you have available at the time. And like when Steve, uh, and I did a let's play of the beginning of, or a stream of the beginning of the game, uh, literally just because we had one point different in our character rollout, there were different options presented, uh, that I had never seen. And that's, that's, it's amazing. It's just, it's amazing. Not to mention the fact that, like, the game has, like, a good style, good audio design, great voice acting, a, a, a really elaborate world. I love the music as well. Yeah, the that music's That tune great. when you walk into the center of Martinez every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just, like the the level of depth to the world and the 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 history of the different countries there and their governments and you know the- oh if you want to go deep and talk to people and find out about all of that you you can yeah like the the lore is there and you will you will learn about it as you go and find out about the war like you can i spent like 50 hours stuff that happened yeah like there's game. a lot you can do because i can talk rush through the everyone. game and not really read and like ignore all of the side things but if you're there and to really like immerse yourself and role play it definitely lets you do it and i know this game would have made it to my list if i hadn't played the really crappy switch port and i do not recommend anyone plays that version of the game play go and play on it playstation or pc yeah if you can play it elsewhere go and play it elsewhere it's available on every console now it's on pc i'm sure there's going to be a mobile port at some point it only makes sense that there will be at the very least an ipad port and and i I, I'm loving where I am in the game. I, I want to talk to you at some point about it, so I'm, I do hope to finish it. Spoiler cast, one of these days. Uh, it's an absolute must-play. 10 out of 10. 
All right, so I guess it's time for my number four, which is Inscription. And I don't know if I've spoken about this on the show. Have I you spoken have. about it? Yeah, not at length, because I think, like most people... Other you're... stuff had happened. Well, and also you're trying not to spoil it for people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Never going to spoil this game for anyone. You should go and play this game. It is a special game. It's very, very good. Very good. Um, and I was surprised by it. I was told by by Ray from the community to to check it out, and that it was his ga- his personal game of the year. And I trust his I trust his taste in games. Um, and wow, what a what a game this is! They said, I. So I I know nothing about it aside from the the deck building elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way people talk about it uh, reminds me of the way that people talk about Undertale. Or at least the way yes. people talked about Undertale when it was new, where it's like, I can't tell you anything except that it's amazing. Yeah, it's exactly It's like one of the best that, games I've played, and you need to just go play it and don't yeah. look anything up. Don't learn anything about it. Just play it. And that's yes. where I'm at with and it. And that is exactly what I said to you. As soon as I, f- I got to a certain point in the game, I went onto Discord and I, I mentioned you and Doc, because I know you're both the biggest like Undertale fans I know, and I said, you have to play this game. It's special. You need to play this game, because it very much reminds me of that too. How long is it? Um, like, you can get to the point that I'm talking about probably in about five, six hours, okay. and then it, it will reveal something. Okay. All right. Well... We'll so it's like it, you it's act it's act two no one will talk about onwards like okay. act one of the game is like the the is deck building you're in the cabin with this guy and you're trying to escape don't, right don't even tell me anything else i don't even want to know i don't even want to know anything else i that's already more than i knew and i don't want to know anything else <laughs> Because I'm yeah, going to play. Very, very good game. I'm going to play. Very good game. Please do. I know it's only on PC at the moment, and it was a big oh, challenge for me to overcome that, right? It remind. This also reminds me of, like, Stanley Parable. That's another game like this where it's like, don't don't. Where the fuck is the Ultra play. Deluxe version of that? It. Just like, play where it. Is that? Just play it. I want to play that. Play it. It's great. Just play it. It was meant to be coming to Switch, like, two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I don't want you to say anything else about your number four, so we're going to move on to my number three. Uh, unless you have any other spoiler-free thoughts you want to share, no, I just I I just think that you should play it. That's all I will say is you should play that game. It's okay. special. All right, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. Maybe we do a spoiler cast about it so we can talk about it. Yes. All right. Number three on my list is Life is Strange: True Colors. Uh huh. Uh, this is another one that I th- I think easily could have been higher. Um, it was a front runner for game of the year for me for a lot of the year. Um, well, I guess maybe not a lot b- based on when it came out. But uh, <laughs> I think I know the other two, right? Probably I'm sure I know the other two choices. Probably so it makes sense based on the time it came out and what's left. Uh, so obviously uh i am a big life is strange fan life is strange is one of the games i have a tattoo of um i i've been a fan of every one of the games in the the franchise so far and you know this was one that i was i was really interested going into because it's different in a lot of ways right true colors is the first game that wasn't released episodically um which i think was smart i think with life is strange uh the original 
it was a game that was released episodically, but I think most of its acclaim came after it was done and everyone was like, this was one of the biggest surprises of the year. This game was so special. And a lot of people played it completely and then fell in love with it. And then, Which is like how I played Tell Me Why at the right. beginning of this year. And then kind of burnt out on the month-to-month thing with Life is Strange 2. Um, that's at least what happened with me. I know with uh, Life is Strange 2, I played the first chapter when it first came out. I really enjoyed it, and I was looking forward to the next one. And then it kind of got lost in the shuffle for me um, with all the other releases of the year. And then I played the entire thing at the end of the year once it had been completed. Um so with True Colors, I think they leaned into that, where it's still episodic, but everything was released at once, and it was also the first uh, quote-unquote mainline entry, I guess you could say, by Deck Nine Games. So uh, Life is Strange and Life is Strange 2 were both made by Don't Nod. They're the original creators of the franchise. Um, they made it for Square Enix, so Square owns the IP, and Deck Nine is a team that was, you know, that makes games in that similar style. And they were kind of brought in as the, you know, like off team for Life is Strange. They went and made the prequel uh, before the storm. And then after Life is Strange 2, Don't Nod decided that they were going to go fully independent. They didn't want to work with publishers anymore and like not own their IP. So they've moved on from the, the franchise. So now deck, it's now in Deck Nine's hands. So this being their kind of first proper at bat where they got to make their own town, their own set of characters, and like not, you know, um, not being tied to, you know, the Chloe, Rachel Amber story and everything that Don't Not had made. Um, I was excited to see what they would do because I really enjoyed Before the Storm and I thought that they did a really impressive job of stepping in and, and getting it. You know, which is a tough thing to do, I think, when an IP gets traded between studios. And I was really, really pleasantly um, not not even surprised. That's the wrong word. I was I was I was glad to see that they nailed it. And I think that True Colors, um, in a lot of ways, is the best Life is Strange game. Um, it it isn't my favorite because I I just have such a connection to the original and it really caught me off guard at that time, you know, and it it left an imprint on me in a way um, that is, I think, unique. But when I look at this game mechanically, like, it, it's just, it's so much better. Like, it runs smoother. It looks better. um, The animations are are more fluid. The world is a lot... But all of that might be true of the remastered collection, right? Have you tried that? Oh, I, I, I haven't. Uh, I don't think it's out yet, right? It comes oh, out. So no, I, I think it comes out in January now because it got delayed. Okay, but so th- so that might be true of the remastered collection with the smoother animations running better, all of that stuff. Yeah, maybe. for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, and that's all you know, like benefits of modern technology and a higher budget and all that stuff. But but the other mm. thing is that like the 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 world feels deeper. So like. In like example, uh, for example, Arcadia Bay is the town that you go to in the in the original game, and each chapter, each section of the game, you're kind of dropped in this small. You're in a character's bedroom, or you're in their house, or you're on the school's campus, but you can only go to this part of the campus, or you're what you're in the building, but it's just this one hallway and a few classrooms. Like it's these very like small contained environments. 
Whereas with this, there are a lot of portions of the game where you're in the town and it's like totally open and you can go anywhere and talk to anybody um, with, you know, exceptions, right? Like it's like, oh, on this day of the week, uh, this this shop is closed, right? Or this character is going through a, an event in their life. So where they're, they're not at work today or whatever, right? Like there's things like that. But generally speaking, the world is wider and deeper and it makes the town um, feel even more like a character than Arcadia Bay did in the original, which was like a huge thing in, in Life is Strange. Um, and that really works to its advantage. You get to know the space really intimately over the course of, of the, the chapters, and you get to know all of the characters so well, where, like, you know, there are supporting characters in, like, the first game that, you know, you might see in every episode, but you never really form a connection to, and that doesn't happen here. Like, you get to know the characters way, way better and way more intimately if you put the effort into getting to know them. Um, and advancing their individual storylines alongside the overarching main storyline, which is really, really clever and smart. Um, I really loved Alex Chen, the main character. I thought she was a really good leading um, uh, leading character. She, I think, has like a good... Uh, her backstory and kind of like the context that she finds herself in, it makes it really easy to roleplay. Like you can be like, oh, like... Because of what she's been through, I think she would behave this way, right? And you is can- that always how you play the first time through? Because like that's how I played. Tell me why I've not played a Life is Strange game where I I imagine being that character. Yeah, but I also want to go through and just be a dick the entire time. Like I want to go through and just be nasty to every single person I meet. I I always have such a hard time committing to that. I can never really do it. Like <laughs> I did that in Dragon Age. Um, because I was trying to get all the achievements, and like I remember there was one playthrough where I was just an absolute shit heel, and I felt terrible. I was like, I hate this. I'm so mean. I'm being mean to characters I like. Like this sucks. Like a character who had been my best friend in like every other run. Like I made him cry, and he abandoned me, and was like, <laughs> "Fuck you. You're a monster." Like I don't like that shit, you know. Um, but so like I I I just think they did such a good job with her character. Like she goes through a lot and is able to, at least in my playthrough, it came out the other end like a stronger, more self-possessed person and, mm-hmm. you know, is able to grow from her experiences in a cool, meaningful way. Um, and I really appreciated them going back to the small town thing because Life is Strange 2, as much as I loved it, it's a road trip story. So each episode takes place in a different, like, area which is cool because you get to see all these new locations and you really focus in on the main characters in a big way. But I felt like I didn't feel very attached to any of the places that we went. And because of that, you know, so like getting to see the town grow and evolve over the course of the story is something that I found to be really rewarding and that something that Deck Nine did really, really well. Um, it's 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 a great game. It's, it's a franchise that really means a lot to me. And I think... Um, I wish more people would give it a shot. I think that there are a lot of folks that kind of like decided that, oh, this is what Life is Strange is based on the original or what they think about it or something like that. Or like, I don't really like games like that. Or I don't gravitate towards this kind of game or whatever. I really think more people would have tried it out if they'd have given it a different title rather than Life is Strange and a subtitle. I don't know. Maybe, but probably not. You know, I think like, 
I think that they're for some people, the Life is Strange name is going to be a turnoff just because of what it is and who they think likes it and whatever, right? Like, oh, it's like a girl game or oh, it's like a queer game or something like that, right? And it's like, if that's the kind of person you are, you're probably not listening to this podcast and whatever, right? Yeah, it's probably also not the game for you, so you're probably right about that. And maybe, but like, I, I think that like, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think Life is Strange has a lot to offer. And I think it's easy to get a sense of what it's like or what it's about um, and and be wrong about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, it's one of my favorite franchises. If your uh, taste tends to align with mine, you know, I think you should play it. And I, I think I, I plan on playing it. I do plan on playing it. It's just I wish you had. I, I, I wonder where it would have ranked on your list this year. I think uh, it probably would have made it on there because if Tell Me Why had been released this year, it would have made it on the list. You should honorable mentions. I really wanted you to play it because it was short too. Like you can get through it in a weekend, you know. Um, but it is what it is. We, we, you know, we all have games that we wish we gotten to. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think you can start with this one if you've never played the others. I think you should, but um, I think true. You Colors think you is- should play this rather than picking up the uh, re- the remaster collection? Because my plan was pick the remaster collection up, play through those. Because I know you really love Max and Chloe's story. I do. Um, and I mean, I, I I I think you should play all of them. I think if you're interested and you're willing to make the investment, play all of them. You know, play Life is Strange, play Before the Storm, play uh, Adventures of Captain Spirit, Life is Strange Two, and then this. Um, but if that feels like too much and you just want an inroad and you're like, I want to try the new one. I think this is a fine place to pick up because it doesn't, there are nods to the older games that if you are someone who's played, you'll pick up on them, but they're not, they're like the right kind of Easter egg where it's like, Oh, Hey, I noticed that versus like, we're hitting you over the head with something that's a reference and I don't get it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you could easily jump on here. Cool. Well, my number three is The Forgotten City. What a year for time loop games. Right? (laughs) Get another one. (laughs) Um, I had such a good time with this game, and I was... I I, I knew it would be my kind of game when I heard people talking about it, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised by how well it was made, and especially when you know the the story of the, the developer who was this who is this lawyer from America, uh, from Australia who made a mod for Skyrim that was this game and then decided so after, after his colleagues, I think one of his colleagues made a comment that if you're not thinking about the law where, like all, all day when you're off work, then it's not the career for you. <laughs> and so he was like, fine, okay. You're right, I'm going to make it. a video game. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, "Fine, awesome. I'm going to go for it." Then I'm going to, I'm going to turn this this mod, which has become super, super popular, into a standalone video game. And he hired this uh, this person to help him bring it into Unreal Engine, and it's it's fantastic. I absolutely loved this game. There's so much there, uh, such a great story, so many options, so many choices. And you you really get a feel for this this world that that you're kind of thrown into, and the story goes places that you you don't expect at all. Um, I was I wasn't expecting any of the kind of the 
I guess twists and turns that happen. I wasn't expecting any combat to be in there, but there was. There was a there was a lot of stuff that that you just you just don't expect to, to find in the game, and I think it does it does it a lot better than um, Twelve Minutes did, where you know it does the skip thing to like the shortcut through. The way they do it in in um, the Forgotten City is there's someone who approaches you at the beginning, and you can tell him everything, and he'll go off and do all of the things that you would usually have to do at the beginning of the loop oh, whereas okay. so you can go he's like a messenger and you just and you just say to him go and tell this person this go and tell this person this go and tell this person this and he'll run around and do all of that stuff so you don't have there's no repetition involved you don't have to go That's and do smart. it all again i like that uh it's really really clever such such a well design game and such a great story so many interesting endings the canon ending is just so charming, so lovely, absolutely adored this game, uh, and I and I, I think it probably would have would have ranked ranked higher. I, I could have seen this being my number one game if it wasn't for my final two. Okay. All right. So um, I'm so curious as to which one it is. We have number two for me, and I'm gonna give it to Halo Infinite. Wow, okay. So, uh, <laughs> what a game. Uh, Halo Infinite is is really, really special to me. Um, Halo is a, is a franchise that, like, I... It has such a warm place in my heart, but it's something that I haven't been interested in in so long. And it was one of those things that, like... I felt like I had outgrown it and, you know, that there was nothing that would really bring me back, you know, and that, like, I would hope every time be like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll, you know, play through the campaign on co-op, right, with my friends or maybe we'll get together and we'll do some duos or something like that. And then the Master Chief Collection came out and it's like, okay, if I ever want to play Halo, I think this is just it for me, right? Like, these are the games that I care about. This is the stuff I have nostalgia for. I think that's kind of it for me in Halo. And Infinite, I mean, has proved me wrong at every turn. That there is, <laughs> there's, there's still life in the Halo formula and that there is a way for them to appeal to the nostalgia that I have while making something that's new and fresh. And that's tough. That's a tough line to walk. But I think they, I think 343 has finally shown that they can make Halo theirs and not just chase what Bungie did before them, which is what Halo 4 and 5 felt like to me uh, from the outside, you know? And Infinite, you know, Infinite, I think, would have had an appearance on this list if the single player never came out and it was just the multiplayer. I have... It definitely would have. It, it, it took you away from so many games that you were playing, and you couldn't stop playing it. You would no. just, every time you would be like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just playing Halo again. Just yep. Playing Halo again this week. Just played loads more Halo." And I, I just, I can't get enough. You know, like uh, the multiplayer suite. You know, the, the, I have critiques of it. It's a little content light. Like we could use some more maps. You know. Um, they just added like new playlists and stuff like that that are making it easier to play the way you want to play. So like it's it's always getting better. The team is clearly listening. They're clearly, 
you know, responding to what the community is asking for. So I have every confidence that it'll continue to get better. Um, but I was surprised by how much I like the campaign as well. You know, we talked about it on the last episode of the year, um, I believe, right? was where we talked about... A uh, year before. Well, I guess the last episode, if you're not including the annual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last proper episode of the show. We talked about that in, like, the Xbox documentary and everything. And, you know, I was fairly early on, like, I, I was very, like, first impressions kind of thing. And, like, you know, <laughs> very much what I thought would be the case. The parts that you were like, ah, oh, it's a little repetitious here and there. I'm like, I just can't get enough. Um, I am well, still... It's the same, th- the same thing I had with Ratchet, right? I think, I think that's just me. Yeah. I get a little bit bored and tired of just do- doing the same sh- killing enemies over and over again. And like to and me... And I always, I always will. If I like the gameplay and there's a steady sense of progression, then I don't care, right? I, 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 th- I think I just found the environments look too similar. It felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again, even less so. Like, you take the killing the enemies out of it, because that obviously is the the loop and that is what you're there for the gunplay just feels so good just doing that i felt like i was doing the same mission over and over again i think like constant just breaking into a new place to get information or break something or whatever it's just like constant over and over again and like you're right but i think for me it's like i'm just enjoying the loop of it so much and like my grappling hook is getting faster right and like my you know yeah that's cool you you know like you i felt like spider-man and right. I can imagine that's probably what playing Spider-Man feels like. I felt fucking awesome. I was clinging onto trees one after another. You just go across the map. It feels linking, so good to traverse it. Yeah, like linking those shots and stuff like that and like getting somewhere just fa- like enough to yes. hit it and like knowing how far it's going to go. Like all those things are really satisfying. There's, there's a lot there to love and I expected this to be in your top two. But for me, it just it doesn't make my list. It's not. It's not a game that I fell in love with enough. Yeah. There's a lot here. I There's a lot there I dislike. I hate all of the vehicles apart from the ghost. I despise driving them. They're horrible. And traversing that like overworld, it's almost impossible to drive anywhere. It's like the map's not designed for you to drive anywhere. It depends, but generally I would agree with that. Like I'm fine with the Warthog as well. Um, it's clumsy, but I know how to drive it. But like the Scorpion is useless. Like you can't use the tank anywhere like uh, yeah, i don't know why they bother putting it in the game it's, it's just it's not it's worth like it. irrelevant like the fact that like uh the treads don't let you go up and over things and it also doesn't knock shit out of your way it makes it like inoperable like there's so many areas i feel the same way about the marines like you can have the marines follow you but like they can't keep up oh, with you dead in, like, two seconds. oh and they're yeah, too slow gone. too yeah yeah, you know, like they like if you use the grappling hook even once, you get so far away that they like de they desync and they don't follow you anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's like little things like that, but for me, uh, I was really getting my fucking teeth kicked in early on. I'm playing on legendary and like feeling my chief get stronger and get better weapons and better build outs and clearing out the map like it's scratching that itch that far cry was like kind of scratching for me i'm like oh this is i'm getting what i want out of this right now and like it's really it's it's giving me that i just want open world with boxes to check and like every time i get through an area and then like i kill all of the you know uh targets and i get all the fobs and all that stuff and then the map's quiet 
and there's no one there, I'm like, good, move on to the next area. Seriously, I think if that's what you want, open world checking boxes, I just think Destiny is better at it, and you would have a good time with Destiny. I just don't think and I, I would. I know that's such a big ask to like go and invest in an MMO. I just don't want to. Like, I'm not. I'm not interested in it. You know, like I don't like uh, MMOs, and I, uh, playing through all like from what I don't know from what I know about the story of Destiny, it's not interesting to me. And like, no, but not the story. Of, the story of Halo is not interesting. No, me, really. But I like Master Chief, and I have nostalgia for the iconography of Halo. So even though that I'm like, I don't really fucking care about what's happening. I'm like, yeah, but like, but, or can even comprehend what's happening half the time because it's not explained very well in the game. But it's like it doesn't matter because it's like no, I, it I get it, right? Like I don't, I don't know the backstory of the banished, but I've played enough of the game to be like, I understand who the banished are and what their goal is. Fine, and like, yeah, it's the goal of any good enemy, right? Yeah, you know, world domination. And it's like to me, like the the story of the game is more the water cooler moments that I'm creating, just like I would in multiplayer, where I'm like, oh, I'm on this mission, and I'm, I'm I got to get to this thing, and then oh no, there's two hunters here, and weapons like, what are these things? What do they do? And he's just, and Chief's just like, oh, you know, they're no good. And then he goes in and fights him, and I'm like, ah, cool, that was fun. Like that's all I'm looking to get out of it. Right, like, uh, you can see all the other fucking games on my list, right? Like, Life is Strange, Disco Elysium, Deltarune, Mass Effect, like the even Guardians. These are all games that I played for the story. I love a story-driven game, but sometimes I just want to fucking fight and just play and just or whatever, right? Like, I just want the gameplay. And for me, uh, Halo. And its story and its world and all that and the music and all that stuff, it hits for me in the same way that like a Nintendo game hits, right? Where it's like the story of Breath of the Wild doesn't matter. The story is is it's the it's the adventure that you went on, right? The journey is the destination. And that's the the vibe I'm getting out of this. Um so for me, uh a single player campaign that while imperfect, I'm really enjoying, coupled with you know, I think the best multiplayer experience I had this year, um, save maybe for one of my honorable mentions, um, and, you know, shout out to Pokemon Unite. Uh, yeah, H- Halo is so good. It's back. Halo is back. And that's the thing I never thought would be the case. And, like, for yeah. it to be here... And it, and, it, and it really took down, like, Battlefield. Like, oh, my saw, God, like, yeah. Launch, it's just like... Battlefield can... No, we're playing that. We're all playing Halo instead. Yeah. And, like, it hitting, like, with everything going on at Activision Blizzard and people looking for an alternative to COD, and it's like, mm, like, Halo's here, and it's it's fucking making waves, and I love that. And I never thought it would in this way again. I didn't think it could. Um, and I, I just, I'm so glad for that, especially for it being within the first year of a new Xbox that I got at launch you know, after not getting an Xbox last generation, feeling like a real lapsed Xbox fan, it's like, I'm feeling the love again. I'm feeling the hype and the like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, fuck yeah, Xbox. Like, let's go, you know? Um, and I, Halo being great is a big part of that, you know? Aside from all the other reasons there is to enjoy having your Xbox. Um, and yeah, after somebody who liked the 360 was my console, that generation, right? And like 360s in my top three favorite consoles of all time. Uh, it's it feels good. It feels good to to ha- be having How many this moment. Have? Uh, three. 
<laughs> That's how much I like it. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Halo Infinite. Um, it is, you know, I'm I'm looking. For, I'm almost done with the campaign. I'm getting near the end. Um, I'm in the final tower, ready to take it on, and I just can't bring myself to finish it off. Okay, I've got three left, I think, but I'm checking them. I'm like, I knocked mm-hmm. half of them out yesterday. Um, so I, I think I've got probably another couple sessions before I'm done, but, uh, I, I think I will continue to play Halo probably for the foreseeable future. I think as long as the multiplayer is continuing to get stuff added, if I can rope people into playing with me, um, with some of my newfound free time, uh, that'll definitely keep me on the hook. Just put it in the looking for group channel or the Halo channel on Discord. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere play with you. Every day. <laughs> my number two is hitman three okay I you had, had to make an hitman. appearance somewhere yeah and it deserves to be it deserves to be here or number one i think hitman three is such a good game it's i think the best of that series of ever has ever delivered it's for the first time i think got a piece of story from from mission one all the way through to the end and i love the story in this game <laughs> and repeat you really need to play it you really need to play it it's so special and the fact that you can now bring all of the levels from hitman one and hitman two and all of the dlc all of that is just playable in one place within the hitman three ui in the latest engine it's just insane i it's think insane. that's like the coolest really- shit I really think it's that's really like cool. the coolest thing ever that they do that every time. That's what an insanely uh, pro consumer move. Right, you just want to you want to play Hitman? Okay, well you boot up Hitman three. There's the interface. What missions do you want to go to? Oh, I want to go to Morocco from from Hitman one, or oh, I fancy popping to Japan in Hitman three. Wherever you want to go, you can go there, and each time it's different. And they have all of these elusive targets that they add every single month and you can go in you get like one stab at it and it it's just so good it's so good it's the best hitman's ever offered if you like hitman or you'd like immersive sims or you like puzzle games because it very much is a puzzle game play hitman 3 it's it's just phenomenal and i cannot believe you've waited and you still haven't played it it's still sealed it really just breaks my heart I'm gonna talk about breaking each other's hearts, Steve. How's Mass Effect coming along? At least I at least I played a bit of it. Oh, like I I played a bit of it. I and and I you know it's more than you've done. That's all I can say. That's bullshit, and you know it. <laughs> okay, uh, so for number one, I have I a feeling we have the same game. If yeah, not, then I, so. I don't know what happened to you. But uh, number one. <laughs> Game of the year from Flip Screen Games. Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread. It's definitely Metroid. It had Dread, to be yeah. Metroid Dread, didn't it? Um Yeah, it it really did. Like this was the one game this year that hooked me in a way no other game did that I couldn't stop playing. And I was just like I played it for uh, for two days and I completed it within two days. I just played it and played it and played it and played it and played it. And I uh, I would like have dinner and I'd want to go back straight back on the game. Or I'd be up until like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. defeating the final boss. Playing it on my lunch it's, break, like playing it, right? it during meetings. It, just, it was there. Like, and 
it was a it was a real moment as well. Everyone was talking about it. It was like, wow, we've got the first 2D Metroid for the first time in 15 years. This was my first 2D Metroid. And the fact that I loved it so much, having been so dead set in my mind of like, ah, oh, Metroidvanias aren't for me. I've played so many of them and they're just not for me. It's not a genre I like. But then, you know, you go back and you play the original, like, let's play a Metroid game. And they just nailed it. I loved this game so much. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, I have never been a fan of Metroidvanias. I've tried a lot of them, and they've just never really quite clicked with me. Um, at least not 2D ones. Like, obviously, I liked um, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And, like, that's kind of a Metroidvania. And, you know, there's there's arguments to be made that games I've enjoyed in the past are Metroidvanias. But me- most of the time, the genre just doesn't click with me. Um, and I, I wasn't expecting Metroid to be an exception, frankly. I was kind of thinking it was going to be a game. It's very similar to Fire Emblem, actually. I was thinking it was going to be a game I would spend full price on, play for a certain amount of time, and then burn out on either because I got frustrated by it or another game came along that I was more interested in and I just, you know, that was it, right? Um, And that could not have been less the case. You know, we had that uh, episode where we had um, Richard Mouse on and, you know, we got to talk about Metroid Dread and the Switch OLED um, prior to release. And then the following week we had Max on and talk about the game and everything. And those two episodes really got me kind of excited to try it and, and get into it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I struggled with it at times. Like there were things about it that, you know, um, did get me frustrated or whatever earlier on, but I think the game does a really good job of funneling you in the very beginning so that if you are a new player to Metroidvanias, like you, you won't feel lost too early on. Yeah, and I and I think that's probably to the detriment of what people consider the genre to be in some people's minds. Like it's meant to be this sense of exploration, and I'm a lost, I'm isolated, I'm alone. You don't necessarily feel like that because you are being funneled all the time, and you're constantly talking to the computer uh, who's like telling you where to go, what to do, that kind of thing. But I don't think I would have finished the game if it was just like, right now you've got to figure out where to go. And you're just wandering around aimlessly for hours. Because there was moments I got lost, even despite all of the signposting and funneling and telling me where to go. I did get lost a couple of times and I did look up a couple of guides and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nope, I used uh, Polygon's guide through the entire game. Like, not literally the entire game, but there were probably... I don't know, I'd say there's probably one moment on every map where I got seriously lost and spent time looking for a while. And if I spent too long in a play session not moving forward, I would pull up the polygon guide on my laptop. Like, I had it, like, open, and I would just... Okay, how far did I get? Okay, here's where I got lost. That's the last thing I did. Where do I go? And, you know, um, I don't... I can't imagine the life of a guide writer. Having to write that without a guide. Me neither. Yeah, God bless him. Y'all are doing doing the Lord's work. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I had no shame in that, right? Like, I would rather do that and finish the game um, than not. So, yeah, I, I think it... 
for for me and the kind of player I am, it hit just the right balance of challenging me and pushing me to be better and and be more observant and all those kinds of things, um, but not punishing me um, yeah. too hard. So I felt like it got me in a rhythm where I'm like, you know, I could see myself trying more Metroidvanias. I don't know that I'll like them, but I... I try Carrion. You'll like Carrion. It's it's a creative one. Part of me wants to like give Hollow Knight another shot and no, things like that, no. but I just, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that this this game opened up my mind to metroid and metroidvanias as a whole to see like hey maybe there's something for me here that um has finally clicked so if for nothing else uh i think the game deserves its flowers for that it's that it was one of my favorite games of the year in a genre i do not like in a franchise i have no real nostalgia or affinity for aside from smash brothers right so um that's those are big achievements i think and I, I am really stoked that I got into the game the way that I did and that it gave me a reason to really dig in and spend some time with my Switch because this is the least I've played my Switch since it came out was this year. Um, and Metroid Dread was one of the games that I really I really dug into and had a good time with. All right, so this is already a long one. So I don't think we'll have uh, time to go through all of our honorable mentions and, and stuff we missed or anything like that. So why don't we just give our honorable mentions? And I I have, uh, let's see, I have, uh, I have seven that we haven't talked about. Um, I Let's just keep it to like a sentence or two about about each of them and we'll wrap no, that's, up. No, that's cool. Some of mine are on your list anyway. Cool. Um, do you just want to blitz through all of yours and then I can do mine? Yeah, and if, if yours is one of mine, just jump on. Yeah. All right. So number one is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Uh, I Just specifically for the Bowser's Fury side of it, I had never played 3D World. It was great to finally get around to that. I really enjoyed it. But Bowser's Fury was, I think, something special. Um, it represents, I think, a, a bold new direction for what the future of Mario could look like, or at least a future of Mario could look like. Um, we obviously have a lot of different kinds of Mario games between, you know, the 2D level clear, the 3D level clear, the 3D open world, all those kinds of things. This is like somewhere in between of those things, and it, it's like a bring an open world flavor to stuff that I thought was really cool, having that kind of persistent overworld that was constantly changing be between Bowser and, and the, the way the levels would evolve. Very creative and something that I thought was a really, really cool way to, um, you know, do something new with Mario. Okay. Uh, Pac-Man 9-9. Oh, what a... Oh, I totally forgot that came out this year. Fucking great game. Uh, oh, I Yeah, that would have been on my honorable mentions list. I totally forgot that was this year. I just, I love the 9-9 stuff. Uh, Tetris 9-9 was fantastic. Pac-Man was a great addition to it. And I think th they're just fun ways to breathe new life into these arcade classics and, you know, give us a, a new way to play. Um, I'm not great at Pac-Man as much. I'm way better at Tetris. <laughs> so I didn't play this one quite as much. But, um, but yeah, pleasant surprise this year. Uh, new Pokemon Snap, a game that I never thought would exist, but I've been asking for, for like, two decades or something like that. I don't know. Um, I, I think they nailed it. I think that the game is really polished. It looks really good. 
Uh, it's creative. The Pokemon interactions are really good. There's a lot of content, even though, you know, some people might argue it doesn't feel like it's a game that's worth like $60. Um, there's a lot to do and they've since added more stuff, um, that I haven't gotten back to yet, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a game I, I really, really appreciated my time with. And I think if you're a fan of the original, um, it's, it's one to, to get your mitts on, uh, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, um, Definitive way to play my game of the year last year. The Iki expansion was really good. Uh, I can't recommend Ghost of Tsushima more highly, and I really look forward to getting more of it. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. Uh, this was a, another one that was like a big moment for me. I played a lot of it when it first came out. It was like my go-to TV game for a while. Um, Pokemon Unite ended up kind of kneecapping it, I think, a bit. Um, but I also think that the game needed more content. I really enjoyed my time with it. It's really good, but it's not... It's a game that I think needed more Mario and less golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one that was on your list. I didn't talk about it when you dropped it, but Mario Party Superstars. Mario Party Superstars is the perfect Mario Party game for my money. Um, I love it. I've enjoyed my time with it. I haven't played a ton of it, though, and that's why it didn't rank higher on my list. Um, and then last but definitely not least, uh, if this game hadn't had a, if this game wasn't just a port, I think it would have been on my top 10 magic, the gathering arena. I talked about this a bit on the flip screen show. Um, I love magic, the gathering. It's my favorite trading card game. I've been playing since I was like 14 off and on. Um, when they announced MTG arena, it was something I was really excited by, but the fact that it was only on PC kept me from ever really trying it. I downloaded it several times and would never, I just never made an account, never got around to it because I don't play games on my PC. Um, so when it finally came to mobile, uh, this year, that was like, I I knew I had to do it, um, that this was going to be the chance for me. And it's since replaced Pokemon Showdown as like the thing I play on my phone if I'm trying to kill time at the end of the night or if I'm in line somewhere or whatever. Like, I'm way more likely to boot up MTG Arena now and play a couple quick games um, just because I love Magic and I have no outlet for playing Magic ever anywhere unless I'm with my hometown friends who I only see, you know, when I get to see them nowadays um, with things the way they are. So... Yeah, it's been scratching an itch for me. If you're a Magic the Gathering fan, um, or if you're interested in trading card games, uh, it's you should definitely pick it up. Um, it's pretty easy to get decks and cards for free, especially in the first couple levels. So I've put no money into it, and I play it every night. Cool. All right. My honorable mentions, most of them are on your list anyway, so we won't we won't be here too long. Bounds of Fury. I agree with you, it's phenomenal. It's I think it's where the direction of Mario is going. Unpacking, this was kind of tied with overboard for tenth position. I loved this game. I think it's a very creative way of telling a story through the medium. It doesn't directly tell a story. You learn about a person through their objects and where they're living and moving and things like that. And and I just think it was a phenomenal game that everyone should check out. Um, Disco Elysium, I think I would have put this on my list. I just played a terrible port that crashed all the time, so I never got through the game. And it's disappointing that that's the case, because I was very excited that I could finally play this game on Switch and mobile and handheld and play it in bed at the end of the day. And it's it's great to do that. And the, the fact that they've patched it now so it doesn't crash is great. 
I just haven't got back to it be- since they have because there's just been so much other stuff out. Um, Halo Infinite, which we've spoken about, um, just didn't rank high enough for me to, to make onto this, but it was a game I had a good time with. Back for Blood, I'm I'm surprised that you didn't get a mention from you. I had a good time playing that with you and, and my brother. Got through a fair amount of it. That left it's a, a Left for Dead spiritual successor. Can't really say any more than that. It's exactly what I wanted, and it they did a really really good job with it. And I hope to see more from them in the future. Um, and then Moonglow Bay, that voxel fishing game that's on Game Pass. That's just a very very nice place to go and relax and have have a good time with. Um, had a good time with it, but by no means consider it a, a game of the year contender. Um, it's it's a good game, just not not at that level. Um, and then I've got a couple of games that I loved that weren't released in 2021. Tell me why. I wish I'd have played it last year because I think it would have made it onto the 2020. Take game of the my year recommendations list. sooner. I do. Take yeah, just late. Yeah, well, I think Hitman would have made it on your list, but you haven't played that, so... Fair enough. You're right. I'll give you that one. (laughs) (laughs) And then Prey, 2017's Prey from Arcane. Um, I picked this up just because I couldn't play Deathloop at the time. I didn't have a PS5. And wow, what a game this is. It's it's another immersive sim from Arcane, and they do such a good job with it. It's it's very, very intriguing game. Too scary for me. I think you should... Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say. I think you should go back and play it. But then I, I remember that you do not like um, survival horror games. I think the way to do it. I've been thinking about it. Is maybe I stream it because then I can play with chat and they can like talk me through it. You know. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to do but it. But I'll play it stream at night with the lights off, so it's like got ambiance. You know. <laughs> uh, and then um, I do want to just give a quick shout out. I've tr- I've made a facebook account this week pete because i've ordered a a, met, a meta quest now which oh. is coming this week i i tried to call his brothers like fucking i'm hooked you made a facebook VR, account so. and you're getting into vr awful no, i know kidding. that's terrible kidding. who am i <laughs> just just playing uh there was like a, a few experiences on that that were just like amazing beat saber beat saber fantastic game. ass it's so much it's fun. so good um i get so sweaty job simulator was so good i know yeah and that's my like i i got so bad that the goggles were steaming up and i had to take them off yeah um but i'm i'm very much looking forward to to getting into vr this year um and so yeah that's that's my list very nice uh just to clarify i had back for blood on my i had a, a list of games i played but i was cool on slash i didn't play enough of it to render a solid opinion so Back uh, for Blood okay. would have been on my honorable mentions, but I just I only played it with you and you went, like, you went and played Halo. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to Back for Blood. I'd like to get back to it. I'd like to commit to streaming it, I think, like together and trying to get through the campaign to some degree. It um, would be good to finish that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's fun. You know, I just I feel like it's a game I want to play with friends and, you know, it just hadn't it didn't didn't have the right moment for me this year. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly on that list, it's, uh, the other games I liked, uh, or uh, to varying degrees, uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, I just, it fell off of it. I haven't gotten enough of it done to really like f- judge it. I don't know that it would have made my top 10 anyway, but 
I don't think it would have. Um, and then Persona 5 Strikers was also on that list of like, uh, like I wanted to play it and there's things I liked about it, but I didn't like the gameplay loop. And maybe I'll get back to it. Maybe I won't. Um, the games I played and didn't like were Cyber Shadow and 12 Minutes. Those, those, yeah, 12, 12 minutes for me was the was the biggest disappointment of the year. Those get the anti shout out. Yeah, those are the yeah. Oh, don't dishonorable play dishonorable mention. Dishonorable mentions are on both of those games. <laughs> <laughs> you should not play them for my money. Um, well, some players would like Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow like just did not speak to me, but I could see somebody liking it. But twelve minutes is bad. You shouldn't play it. <laughs> so anyway, um. Thank you guys for joining us here on our game of the year for 2021, our first episode of 2022. Um, make sure you write in for next week. We'll be uh, working on our predictions for the year. Um, I think that'll be next week's show anyway, unless something else comes up. You never know. Um, but yeah, write in. Let us know what games you're most excited for in 2022. What are the uh, announcements you want to see? The games you're dying to play? All that good stuff. And uh, if there are some games that you feel should have been on our game of the year list that we didn't mention or didn't e- express that we were going to try and get to them, write in and let us know. Um, there's, you know, there's too many games. I have over 10 games on my games I missed but want to get to list, um, including some things like, you know, Inscription and Forgotten City and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, if you've got any other games that you feel like should be on our radar, make sure you write in and let us know. Yeah. Loop Heroes on mine. That's one of the big ones. Loop yeah. Hero and Chicory are two big ones. For Chicory me. was on mine. Uh, Maquette was on mine. Yeah, there's like a couple games like that that I. Uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, stuff like that, I really mm. would like to get to. Um, Lord knows if I'll have the time. It takes two. Yeah. Yep. That was a big one on my list as well. We're going to stream that one, though. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Maybe we'll do that this week. But uh, anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, good to be back. Good to have you back here in 2022. I hope yeah you have a happy new year. I hope you had a happy New Year's Eve and a happy holiday. And uh, yeah, we will catch you on. Uh, well, hey, you know what? I guess we'll say it right now. Thursday for Nintendo Noise because that's getting pushed back a day now. So we'll see you Thursday for Nintendo Noise in the stream. Take it easy, everybody. Mm-hmm.